Expect the unexpected. It's all the guard. The missing Van Devil. That one improves him. One in 27. Sox for the win. The flipper still fits. Wittenberg. Oh, it's a long way. Thank you for being my friend. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode five of the D1 and Done pod, currently presented by no one. As you know by now, though, we are sellouts. So if you have a sponsorship or have some sort of partnership that you may want to drop in with us, be sure to shoot us up on our Gmail. That's d1anddonepod at gmail.com. You can also find us throughout social media. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. You can find this podcast wherever you may get your podcast, whether it's Spotify, Apple Pod. I don't know if they have podcasts on MySpace anymore, but if they do, maybe you can find it there. Make sure you leave a review and rate us five stars as we continue to move into the madness of March. I'm Robbie Donahoe, alongside Nick Mills, Dusty Mills, producer Jake Mills, along for the ride today as well as we prep for our conference tourney picks special pod. We'll have that coming out later on Monday. But fellas, what a week it was. I'm currently donning my Purdue gear as we celebrate our 26th Big Ten Championship, which we will talk about more later on in the show. But guys, my goodness, what a week. It's been fun. And now we're down to the real business. It's March. Yeah, hello everyone. Glad to be back for episode five. And think about this, guys. It's our fifth episode. Can you believe we've made it to five? We've made the say what you will. We've made it to five episodes. The haters are sick. The haters hey, are we're also down in our bad. fourth location. That's all I was getting to. Fourth, you know, you know, like in football, the best teams can win in any conditions, right? Like snow right. games in the dome, outside the dome. This podcast can pot anywhere. Put us wherever we're going to be successful. Doesn't Put matter where it's going to be. I should also mention nobody got the Easter egg on last week's mm-hmm. introduction. If you listen to last week's intro, there was a spot towards it was towards the tail end of the intro where uh, Chris Fowler yells out, Dexter Phillip Knox, touchdown! <laughs> and that is in direct reference to when Purdue beat Ohio State in football back in 2018. And since Ohio State had beaten Purdue in basketball on our pod as we potted last week, I thought I would you know needle that in there for the Buckeye fans. But no one got it, so no one gets the shout-outs. There were a couple people who mentioned it but couldn't tie it and make the connection. Uh, so that was last week's Easter egg. No Easter eggs this week. Uh, we continue to focus um, solely on just basketball. And I mean, we're a basketball pod. We're not a, we're not a football pod. Can I just say, for all the crap I took for going 0-3 in our picks, not one fan got that Easter egg? That's a little I, hip. I'm, I'm very disappointed. They should be wearing turkey outfits, I, darn I it. I wholeheartedly agree. Speaking of which... As you've probably seen on social media, Nick following through on his bet by wearing a turkey. But, but, we should, we should clap for that, absolutely. Thank you. But Nick does not have to wear the turkey suit as we go to the Horizon League tournament, which that is currently on our schedule. We're going to go see either a semifinal or a final game at Pepsi Coliseum in Indianapolis. Uh, the Indiana, Horizon League tournament. Indiana Farmers Coliseum. My, my apologies. Mm. I, I, I lived in the 90s, so I still remember <laughs> it as, as, as Pepsi Coliseum. <laughs> Not a sponsor. <laughs> so Nick is off the hook for wearing the turkey suit out in public, but he is wearing the turkey suit as we pod at this moment. You're looking good. It's actually pretty comfy, all yeah. things considered, but uh, I feel like an idiot. I'm so glad I don't have to be you know, front row at the Indiana Farmer Coliseum oh watching Northern Kentucky and Oakland duke it out. That'd I be a great game. It would be a great game. I, I, hope be, we get I, that. I want them to duke it out. 
but not while wearing a turkey outfit. So <laughs> it's all good. It's, the content would have been off the charts. It would have been. It would have been excellent. But I guess to quote Kanye West, your boy Robbie, uh-huh. I guess we'll never know. Kanye West, my boy now. Your huh? boy, yeah. Good to know. I wasn't, un- I wasn't aware of that. Uh, for those of you who are tuning in for the first time, we've got plenty more to talk about in terms of that turkey watch which stems from our locks of the week, which we will get to later on in the show. But if this is your first time tuning into the pod, welcome. We are a college hoops pod. If you don't have a college basketball pod that is on your registry of what you're listening to, you've now found your favorite college basketball podcast to get you ready for March Madness. That's what we're here for. We are Robbie, Nick, and Dusty. Dusty played college basketball at two Division One programs, Kentucky and Ball State. Uh, did not manage to finish a season in any place, but you know what? We're not even going to talk about that. That's the point of it. But still, uh, he's the D1. We can D1, cut that part. Yeah, we, we can cut off that mm-hmm. part. He's the D1 part of the D1, and then the done part are the these two rascals that managed to do well in high school. Well is a state of mind, mm-hmm. but that's not exactly what we got to that point. Um, so we've got a great show lined up for you. We do want to mention to you going forward, we've got podcasts playing for just about every evening as we move into March Madness. We're still planning that out and getting that on the schedule, so make sure you have that on your radar that we will be having basically nightly recaps well, of say March Madness coming forward. I'm talking to coordinate. Yes. <laughs> it's a, it's gonna, to, except for Nick. It is going to be up to the we have an update on? Um, as of uh, March 2nd or March 3rd, 2024, Year of Our Lord, I am still very single. You were going to check your phone. I was, but I remember the date. No, no, no. I'm, oh, I thought you were going to check the phone and see if you actually had any messages. Oh, I don't have to check the phone oh, to know okay. the answer. You were checking for the date, not the, not yeah, the yeah, ladies. Yeah. The wrong kind date. The perspective. You did not get a grinder ladies. notification, so we no, can move on. You did not either. Hey, you can play both sides. We're not, I'm not going to tell you what to hey, do. Hey, Ellie De La Cruz is a switch hitter. Does quite well, so... I'll be so lucky. Mickey, Mickey should, Mantle. You should mention Mickey that. Mantle. Uh, so we will have a special tournament, conference tournament selection special coming up on Monday. We will have producer Jake Mills joining us with us. It, it's a fun pod that we do all the time, or a fun contest that we do between us four and some others in the past. Uh, we'll have some um, some bragging rights, some other some other prizes on the line. So if you want to kind of jump in full feet uh, with the conference tournament picks and conference tournaments coming forward and coming up this week, we will have that pod coming up for you on Monday night. Uh, we'll have our normal Sunday pod coming up next Sunday. And then slowly but surely, we're going to have our first bracket impressions when we have the bracket revealed. We have a bracket show coming up the Monday following. We have the first ladies of the pod picks. And then we also have a pod devoted completely to underdogs where we will talk about all of the double-digit seeds and teams that you may want to keep an eye on for. So we've got a lot of great content coming forward. Uh, Just make sure that you are excited and getting ready for that. So, fellas, I want to jump in first talking about Caitlin Clark. Well, I was going to say, I mean, Robbie keeps his pod on uh, the right schedule. We don't. But as we're doing this <laughs> right now, we this. are watching Caitlin Clark as we do this. She has nine points. She's nine points away from breaking Pete Maravich's record. So, so we are doing that during this podcast. That's right. So Sorry. we we may start celebrating if Caitlin Clark does break the record as we are potting right now. I would imagine she's she's nine points away, and they're midway through the second quarter right now. I would imagine she's probably going to get Nick that. Nick also did find a girl on the Iowa team he has a crush on. Mm-hmm. So maybe that that is an update on the if relationship. You, That's as, exciting. As anyone knows, uh, Kylie Furbach. I think I'm saying that right. Uh, let her know. I'm, I'm you should probably know the girl's name that you have a crush on. I mean, guys like me don't need no names, Robbie, okay? Oh, right. We just see something and we take you just put him on the depth chart. Tr- yeah, he's, yep. he's in a turkey outfit. <laughs> he is a turkey outfit. He wants outfit, to take her to so Thanksgiving. Let the turkey guy talk about being Gobble, single. gobble. So I'll be your turkey. 
we were talking about Caitlin Clark, right? Uh-huh. She obviously is basically the step. Oh, oh. Yeah, there she is. So Kylie Fowerbach. She's Fowerbach? six foot. I'm out. I'm out. She's Yeah, she's taller than you. She, you can't do it. She is six foot. Oh, my gosh. Do you guys know that I went on a date with a uh, six footer at Kentucky one time? How'd that go? Is that uh, part of story time? Some point? Man, we are way off the rails right now. I was going to say, just real quick, she was a six foot two. I'm spacing on her name. We went to <laughs> Apple. And, and how tall are you, just for the record? Five foot six. Okay. And Forbes. We went to an Applebee's. Um, it actually went well. Hey, that's where Kelly and I's um, relationship <sighs> I started. Was that an Applebee's? That. So, yeah. And that's where uh, Haley and I got our dog from, was an Applebee's. Great things happen at Applebee's, yeah. Nick. So maybe that's just one, where you need to go for first date. One last, last thing. First photo of her with, with, is with her boyfriend. So we could, That could be Are, a brother. Is she married? It's a good, if there's, what's the saying? Until there's a ring on that finger, anything's possible. I'm not sure if that's the saying. That's but. not the saying, but I like where you're <laughs> going for. Go can back we, to that picture. Can we get Jay, back Jay, on track? Wait, hold, no, We're hold. talking about Look, Caitlin Clark. Wow, he's a stud. Oh, he plays basketball Nick, at Yale. Yeah, Nick, you, oh, is, you have no chance. I'm in a turkey outfit, and here he is. Can we no talk chance. about Yale in the Ivy League in a little bit? Uh, we, will, we will mention Ivy League coming forward. I want to talk about Caitlin Clark, okay? All right, yeah, let the captain take back over. Let me. I'm the captain of the ship. <laughs> Caitlin Clark is basically been the most electrifying and exciting player to watch in women's college basketball this year. Um, she announced earlier this week as well, and it's it's funny kind of it coincided with the timing of this, but she announced that she will forego her final year of eligibility to enter the WNBA draft. She had another year because she got the COVID year, um, but she is now, well, not officially, but she will be joining the Indiana Fever as long as the Fever don't botch this and pick someone else with the number one pick. But I want your thoughts, both of you guys, on Caitlin Clark and just the impact that she's had on college basketball, what she's meant to the to the sport, and, and also just to women's sports in general. Because right now, I mean, I would argue that Caitlin Clark is probably the most exciting and enjoyable player to watch, arguably, maybe in sports right now. Yeah. Well, first of all, she's four points away now, so this is okay. very cool. To probably going to break it as yeah. Probably gonna break it as we're talking about her. I just think, and um, actually, I'll give ESPN credit for this. They've been doing so good at um, really promoting women's college basketball, which yeah. is amazing. Um, we mentioned, or I mentioned that we have a buddy that works for um, IU women's basketball, and just how exciting the game has gotten. Where you think about different timelines um, in women's basketball, where it was uh, um, Cheryl Miller, at you know before us were even old yeah. us. And then it was the Tennessee dynasty, and there's the UConn dynasty. She has by herself made it an exciting game. I mean, the yeah. fact that they are selling tickets for thousands of dollars to go to a women's basketball game, which is, again, awesome, just says so much. And the fact that she will most likely, again, unless the fever, like, okay, let's trade this first round pick for 10 first rounds in the future and get James Harden out. I doubt that's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, the fact that she's going to come to Indiana, like, I'm excited to go to Fever Games so going I, forward. So I looked up the, the ticket prices for the first six games of, of, of the Indiana Fever. There's not one seat that's lower than $150 right now. Insane. And, and, and those are big, like, they're playing in fairly decent-sized arenas, and Gainbridge Fieldhouse will be, I mean, that's... 15,000, 16,000 people. So. Oh, no, bigger than that. And I, I think it's like 21,000. Is it 21 now? Wow. That's I have crazy. No idea. But anyway, uh, I mean, Nick, Caitlin Clark, just like a supernova of a, of a player and a, and a person in, in sports. Yeah, I think like there's really not much more I can add to it. Just like I think I mentioned the last pod, like I've, for someone like me who doesn't really watch women's college basketball, she's truly the first person like, I got to watch Caitlin you Clark. You have to tune in. Yeah. yeah like, and like, 
there's always been great players. Like, but I think she's the first one. Like, for lack of better terms, just fun to watch. Right, yeah. the way she plays is so. It's like it's like Jimmer Fredette, but like if he shot like Steph Curry all the time, like it, it's <laughs> yeah. insane. Because he she gets compared to Jimmer all the time, and don't get me wrong, Jimmer Fredette was a all time college basketball player, mm-hmm. but like. But like he never made the final four. I mean, she was a runner-up last year. Like she's winning, she's doing all this. So yeah, I think for lack of better term, she's made it fun and it's just enjoy it. Because like, there's times they've self-forced right for push for certain sports. It does not feel forced. It's great. And, it's not. Well, and I, like, like Dustin, I'm legitimately excited to watch Fever Games. It's next gonna year. be. It's gonna be so much fun. I, I think it's. It, I do this with sports. It's you know with superstars and with great players. You you kind of wait to see like okay when's their moment where they're going to start to struggle or where mm-hmm. they're going to have bad games. Caitlin Clark never has a bad game. If it's a bad game, it's ten points, twelve rebounds, and like twenty assists, right. and she ends up with a triple double. Like that's a bad game for well, her. Well, that's what I was to say is people that do not actually watch her and just see the stat lines and know that she's going after these records, they don't see that she's actually a great floor uh, general. And she yeah. sees the floor so well. She's such a good passer, and her teammates love her because she's so good at that. Can you imagine having – so it's going to be Caitlin Clark and Tyrese Halliburton in the same city. And then hopefully if Anthony Richardson can uh-huh. pop too. You, it really is – it could be a fun time to be in Indianapolis. It's, it's and Nick awesome. will be at all those events dressed as a turkey. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Um, uh, I, I didn't even want to mention this tweet, but I want to because – You I, have to. I, I want to and because I despise this little man. Darren Ravel tweeted out saying after Darren after Caitlin Clark announced that she was foregoing her final year of eligibility to play in, in the WNBA, Darren Ravel tweeted it with a quote tweet headline: "Caitlin Clark chooses seven hundred fifty thousand dollar pick." Yeah, that's the headline. Just for everyone, it's definitely the headline. Mm-hmm. It's not greatest one of the greatest women's basketball players of all time is going to play in the WNBA now. It's not the fact that hey, she's got millions of dollars worth of endorsement deals lined up. She's already making probably close to a million just from State Farm alone. Right, she's not taking an accounting job next year. No, like, it just she's makes, not. It, it's just, I mean, like, we've, di- talk, we've talked off air. I'm not, I cannot stand Dan Rovell either. I know Dusty's a bigger fan than we are. I'm, but not, yeah. I'm not a fan. I, I enjoy the information that he provides. He does I, provide good information. I would not But if he just stuck to that, I would agree with you. I like him. He just, he does little stuff like this. Read the freaking room. You little man. <laughs> we almost got our first Robbie F-bomb right there. No, I, I can I'm see not, the anger I'm in your not face cursing. right there. No. But it just like I gobble gobble. I despise people who think that they like are smarter than everyone else. Yeah, there's like no, a smug that's does not does. bother me. It bothers me when people think that just because they have a voice that they should he's, be talking. He's very condescending, yeah. extremely. Yeah, and he doesn't understand the ramifications of what he has to say. Now, I mean, I, I'm perfect, perfectly fine with watching him just run the forty yard dash every single time from here on out because he looks like a goober. But. Darren Ravel, you're obviously not listening to this because you're too big, but take a freaking hike. Too big on, online, not in real life. Correct. He's, he's very short. Either way. So <laughs> I just want to get that out of the way. Caitlin Clark is freaking awesome. I can't wait to have her in Indianapolis. I have the fever. The thing we I, have the fever. The thing I don't understand about his analysis of that, and again, this is talking about a smart businessman, so he understands finances and whatnot. This NIL money turns into endorsements. That's, that's the yeah. only change in it. Oh. And she's, oh, Jake actually so, pulled that up. I didn't even see you had that up. Yeah, so there's a quote. Yeah. So there's a lot of misconceptions about, oh, you're going to lose money when you get to the league. When that isn't the case, those deals are just going to carry over then and add to your yearly salary, which absolutely. So that, that makes a ton of sense. And I get the argument, too, like, for a lot of people, like, oh, women's college basketball is bigger than the WNBA. But, like, 
That's not to say you can't make money in the WNBA. You can absolutely make money in the it WNBA. Is, is, so it, it's it's laughable that you can even have that kind of a take. But again, that's what I come to expect from people who just don't understand sports in general and, and reading the entire situation. So uh, we wanted to start with Caitlin Clark. As we mentioned, she's probably going to be breaking the all-time college basketball scoring record held by Pete Maravich probably as we are potting. So once she does... We will probably be losing our minds and going crazy, but we wanted to mention her right off the top because she's an incredible player and made some news in in was in the um, in the limelight for uh, her announcement as she will be going to the WNBA draft. And like Nick said, we're gonna have the fever for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, we already had the fever for her. So excited! All right, let's get to our storylines. Um, I want to start before we jump into storylines. I want to start with that Kentucky Mississippi State game wow. before we even jump in anything else. That was one of the best college basketball games I think I've watched all on season. On Nick's long. birthday too. On Nick's birthday, we had a great time. He had it. so much writing on it, and my gosh, Reed Shepard unreal what he did in that game. Yeah, so one of the sidelines we have on there is just Tuesday night of college basketball was insane. Awesome. With it, like PYU went into the fog. Yeah. Uh, Nevada had an unreal game winner, which we might oh, get you to. You didn't see that. My goodness. But yeah, yeah the, the star of the night, other than me, it was my 25th birthday, so thank you for all the zero birthday wishes I got from everyone. <laughs> Appreciate it on, online. <laughs> thank you, fans. But, uh, but yeah, it was the Reed Shepard game, and shout out to Josh Hubbard from Mississippi State. He was incredible. He's one Josh of the, Hubbard, my gosh. One of the ten best freshmen in the country, probably. Easily. Josh Hubbard. Maybe one of the five. Maybe obviously. one of the five. It was a, it truly was going back and forth because, like, for people to watch the game, Kentucky got down the game. They are pretty much down on the first 30 minutes of the yeah. game. And just Reed Shepard, which is dynamite all night. Every time they meet, need a big pass, shot, he just knocked it down. I, again, not much more I can say. He it was the Reed Shepherd show, and it was it absolutely was insane. It was insane. It was amazing. Um, so On my birthday. In, in case you didn't know, Josh Hubbard graduated from a private school in Mississippi, which is M A I S, uh, the Mississippi Mississippi Association of Independent Schools, I believe. <laughs> so there, there, basically, Josh Hubbard spent his entire senior year playing against private school kids. And somehow he just went under the radar. Ended up. Well, I mean, he could have gone to Ole Miss, and there was a big story about uh, yeah, that. that he basically that. switched and went to Mississippi State. But it's amazing to me that someone that talented just gets overlooked by everyone else outside of the state of Mississippi. So um, he he is a fun player to watch, and that's also a whole other part. Like that Mississippi State team. That's a team I you you do not want to play. Don't mm-hmm. want to see and that. That Stone Cold three to tie it. Yeah. <laughs> What? Which, by the way, Eight Reed Shepard left. was amazing that game. The pass he threw at the end was hilarious. That it looked like a quarter, yeah. like a quarterback, like he throws like across his body, middle field. Like, <laughs> no, no, wait, no, wait, no. Wait, wait. Who was it in the Pro Bowl a couple years ago? In the like, fl- they're playing a dodgeball, and there's one of the NFL the quarterbacks. And he threw like a horrible pass, and everybody gave him crap for it. You remember what I'm talking about? It was either like Jimmy G or Kirk Cousins. Like, so who takes crap all the time? But they're playing dodgeball, and he threw a pass as an NFL quarterback and went straight into the ground. (laughs) (laughs) That's the way I thought with Reed Shepard on that. That sounds about right. Um, Yeah, it was an awesome game, and just yeah, had to start with that. And with Kentucky, just it's just cool. Anyone can step up from any given night, which is really cool. So we we talked about Caitlin Clark being you know exciting, probably one of the most entertaining players in college basketball right now. Are the Kentucky Wildcats the most entertaining team in men's college basketball oh, right now? Oh, Alex Smith. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was Alex Smith that did that? Oh, my gosh. That's so that's bad. when it was come a game manager and yeah, all that. Yeah. And he did that. It, uh, is Kentucky the most watchable and most entertaining team in college basketball right now? Because they cannot – they may not play defense, but, my they gosh, they're going to go score some buckets. It is straight-up open gym. <laughs> it is so much fun to watch. And it's one thing if it's open gym and you only have, let's say, three or four good players. Yeah. They are so just talented 
And, yeah. and they're probably going to lose to some horrible team that we're going to be mad about in three months. <laughs> right? They're going uh, to lose a, yeah, they're going to lose to Eastern Kentucky in the first round. Um, so something like that. Or they're going to run to the Final Four in the entire country for the first time in forever. It's going to be like, we love Kentucky. Yeah. Because they are so much freaking fun to watch. I was, um, they, I was actually in Louisville, Kentucky during the game yesterday. And I was watching, had to watch the game on my phone. And even when they were down nine, you know, in the, in the final minutes, I, I just, I was smiling because I was like, first of all, I'm not You were smiling? Them. I, was, I, I smiled for the first time that week. But I was just so excited because I was like, okay, they're just going to come down. And what they do, too, is they the, – the biggest thing that's happened over the last, I'd say, three weeks, they have so much confidence now that they just go down and say, screw it. We don't care the score. Just we're going to go score. Yeah. And, it's working. And we're not going to guard you, which is funny, too. But <laughs> it's funny. I think in the past I compared them to the uh, Loyola Marymount team. From the '90s. Ooh. Um, I mean, that's what they do. It's like, okay, go that's get, a good comparison. Yeah, actually. go get your shot up. We're gonna do our best to rebound it when you have three seven footers yeah. that can be out there. But we're just gonna go back because we know you can't stop us. And it's just amazing to watch them. That's amazing. That's I, I love that. Uh, can, can Kentucky get a one seed? Is that possible? Mm-mm. No. No. Like, I, I mean, we have losses to UNC Wilmington and at LSU. You have home losses. I would say. Um, it, I think three are. I would say if okay. they. I would say if they win out and win the SEC tournament, a two seed probably happens. Mm-hmm. That's probably their, well, honestly, probably their ceiling well, in terms of seeding. Honestly, it was the way teams lose so often now. Yeah, you're right. Probably yeah, tough teams drop in front of them. But to answer your question, I think they are the most fun. But like that being said, I'm not as uh, – let me be clear. They're awesome. I love this. Yeah. We've talked about how miserable they've been the watch past couple years. But like the defense is – I was not smiling the whole game, okay? It is – It's terrible. It is so horrifying. You Giving up 100 points to Arkansas is pitiful. <laughs> Which, by the way – Coaching malpractice by Musselman. This team is so talented. The fact they're 14 and 15 oh, they're, they're, they're is really talented. insane. So yeah. I, will, I will say this. So my uh, uncle, Kent Mills, uh, used to coach a similar style when he coached in Florida. Mm-hmm. And even – and they just – I mean, they, they scored out of their minds. And even yesterday, David Charles, listener of the show – uh, no, it's his son Danny said, we're about to give up 100 points to Arkansas. And Mooch's response, Kent, this is really Mooch's nickname. Uh-huh. He said in the group text, he goes, as long as you score one on one, it doesn't matter. Which is, is, <laughs> yeah. is perfect. True. Yeah. It's true. So as long as you score more than the other team. Just go score more. Absolutely. So I, I wanted to bring that up because, Nick, I want to start with your main storyline, which mm. is the one seed update. I think we can safely lock in Purdue, Houston, UConn as your one seeds. Who's the fourth one seed right now? I think I know what you're going to say, but I want to leave it to you to explain. Yeah, so yeah, my storyline was I'll have a bubble watch I'll get to as well. That'll be quick. But yeah, I want to check on the one seed again, the last one. So going into yesterday, it seemed like Arizona had the fourth spot. Uh-huh. Not locked in, but just was the front runner at that point. I think, as we see here today, is Tennessee's to lose. It's winning, be Tennessee's to lose. Winning at Alabama. They swept Alabama. Yeah. They, they have a lot of good – they won at Kentucky. They beat Illinois non-conference. They just, yeah, they got, a lot, they got a lot of really good wins. They have a lot of good – unfortunately for them, not for me, but for them, they didn't get many good wins in Maui at all. They no, kind they of didn't. missed their chance there. They but, missed their shot there. But yeah, yeah. They, they get sat there, go at South Carolina this week and Kentucky again this week. Again, it is theirs to lose at this point. I think so, too. I think part of the reason why Arizona and, was getting such a push was because that fourth one seed is going to be out west, and it's almost logical, like, hey, the selection committee needs to pick a west team to be the number one team in that in that bracket. Which, that's part of the reason it brings up, too. Like, if you're, like, a Tennessee or North Carolina or whoever's battling for do you really do you really want that one seed and get Zonas to two? Well, that's always been the question, right? Because like, what's really the difference between one I was, two, right? No, I was going to say the opposite, where do you want to be the two seed and have Arizona as your one? That's what I would love. It doesn't really – I don't I go out at that west. point, 
at that point, it doesn't really matter to me because, I mean, Tennessee's going to be – they're going to be close for their first two games in the first and second rounds. So you don't want to – I wouldn't want to be a two-seed if I'm Tennessee in Houston, UConn, or Purdue's bracket because that means then you're probably going to be closer in proximity to them. But also, they have the advantage on you. So I think right now, Tennessee's pretty comfortable with – even if they're not the one seed, they're going to be the best two seed, which means they're going to be lined up in Arizona's no, that's region. A, that's, that's a scary two seed. No, that's yeah. a great oh, point. Gosh, yeah. That's a great point you make. A lot of people are like, one and two doesn't really matter. That's really what it is. You avoid those three other yeah. one seeds more than anything else. I mean, if I'm Tennessee, I already lost to Purdue. I don't want to see them. Houston's just as physical as me, but I can still bang with them. And the same thing with UConn. And don't forget, they have losses to Mississippi State and South Carolina, who kind of play like right. that, you yeah. know, more aggressive physical style. Yeah, Tennessee, so... I, yeah, I'm, like Houston is not who Tennessee wants no, to see. No, but if I'm Tennessee, definitely this year, I think they're more suited for a run because not only are they are they a good defensive team, but they're much better offensively this year. Like Josiah Jordan James is a much better offensive player. So is Zakai Ziegler and even Adu as well. You obviously have Dalton Connect, who we're going to mention here momentarily, but that's kind of where I, I think North Carolina is still in the conversation. I think so too. Maybe Kansas, especially because they beat Tennessee. Granted, in North Carolina, yeah. still you still have. And also to to your point. Shocker, no one. I hate Tennessee with every ounce of my being. <laughs> of course. This is by far the most scared I've been of them winning the national championship. Hold on. Kaylin Clark could hit three here to break so at, Maravich's as record. As we were watching, she's There's down. 19 is seconds. It, is it down to two points two then? Two points away. So she needs two points. Oh, oh, oh my God. Three. Oh, oh, she would have made that. Bust, that would have been insane. Draft camera brink. Not her. I've seen enough. <laughs> no dog. All right. So that's uh, our mention well, of the one seed. Well, well, I... I if Arizona gets a one seed, that's awful because they have losses. Like they lost to Stanford and Oregon State. <laughs> and they're how should they be a one seed? I don't care who else they beat. You be- lost because to two awful that, teams. Their problem though, is, is they're getting cumulative wins by playing in a horrible conference that's literally not going to exist next year. <laughs> Touche. Like that, like, you should you should be disqualified immediately from being a one seed if you lose to not only Stanford by a billion and Oregon State. Outrageous! <laughs> Just can, like no chance should Arizona be a one. Can I, I won't get ahead of this. I want a scenario though where either Arizona or UNC are the one and two in a region, and we get Caleb Love versus UNC in the lead eight. I saw about that the other day. RJ Davis versus yeah. Caleb Love. So that's what the one seeds look like. You have an update on Bubble Watch. I want to go through some of the teams that you're looking at on the Bubble. Yes, yeah, so I'll rip through these quickly. So these are the last six teams going into yesterday. Okay, okay. you ready? Here we go. The, the second last ten seed, Virginia. They've probably won the most time. So they've lost Get four. Get out of here. They've lost four of six now. Not all nine losses by double digits. They have lost four games by twenty-two or more to Duke, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, and Virginia Tech. Get them out of here. When they lose, they get obliterated. Again, as I mentioned last week, they are an affront to college basketball. Agreed. The fact that they can't score more than fifty points in a game is outrageous. They like they should be the Knicks funnies every week. They are hilarious to watch them play basketball. Oh it is from the nineteenth. See again, they have so many bad losses by so many. I, I hope they're out of it. It's almost as if I'm going to like watch a third grade boys and girls club basketball game and watch a team that cannot make a layup it's, or a jump shot. Yeah, shout out Reese Beekman. He's doing everything. He's he can't trying. He's trying. His God bless him. He's trying, but it's just not working. So yeah, Virginia, you can. Virginia's out. Get yeah. him out of here. Uh, this one's quick on Zaga. They're pretty much in now. And that's Dusty's storyline, so, so I'm going to leave that mm-hmm. to him, but yes. New Mexico, 11 seeds real quick. New Mexico, they've lost 3 of 4 now, 9-7 yeah. and seven to Mountain West. It's getting scary for our Lobos they've all of a sudden. They've kind of stumbling down the stretch here, and they've been going. They've been having some some off-the-court issues with one of their players dealing mm-hmm. with some, some mental, issues, some mental um, struggles, which 
Um, we hope he's doing better now. But yeah, I I would still put New Mexico in just because they have a good profile. I, I think they they cannot drop another bad one. About like, no. they their loss to Air Force at home is maybe the worst loss anyone has That's, on resume right now. They're fortunate the bubble's not super strong this year because right. if it was any stronger, that would be a good reason just to kick him out just alone on that. I right, real quick for the Big East. Uh, so two teams going in the yesterday were Seton Hall and Providence for the second and third teams in, and then the first and third teams out going yesterday were St. John's and Villanova. Real quick, can I say Jake just sent us a text that said Virginia is undefeated and they score seventy? Is that like stop? <laughs> is, that, is that like one or no? <laughs> that is a that is a stat of the week right there. Like that's. I gotta admit, like that's incredible that they're undefeated when scoring seventy. Unreal. Okay, continue. But yeah, I was saying. So basically, there's four teams in the Big East battling for the bubble right now. Seton Hall, Providence were the second and third teams in yet going yep. yesterday, and St. John's and Nova were the first and third teams out. Yesterday. You didn't mention Butler. They're Butler's not out there. They're not like on the no, radar I, right I, now. I think they're. I mean, they've lost five straight, I believe. They finally beat the Paul. They yesterday. beat the oh, Paul yesterday. Uh, well, that's. But they've got a lot of work to do. Hamilton Heights. See, I asked this question. Hey, don't don't put down Hamilton Heights like that. <laughs> Shout out to our Husky listeners out there. <laughs> if there's anyone out there, uh, I love their mascot named Victor E. What a great name! Whoever thought of that? It's Victor than the letter E. Is it really? Yeah, that's incredible. But yeah, of these four teams, who you think? Because uh, Villanova got the massive win at prom. Yeah, they did. That. I would hope. I can't. And, and St. John's has won three in a row since uh, Rick, Pino, Rick Pitino called him laterally slow. So shout out Ricky P. St. John's is in, I think. I, I think you have to put St. John's in. I think Villanova's getting close to being in. Yes, I think. I, they I have still, so many good wins, but gosh, but they've got so some many bad, losses. bad losses. They've got a lot of bad losses. I mean, Villanova, I don't know what to expect from them. Like they they could be they could be a team that could make a Sweet Sixteen run, or they could lose their first game as a eleven seed or whatever. Right. Truly, they're, they they're are, all over the. They're map. like the mini Kentucky where they are just chaotic every game. And then the last yeah. one I mentioned, they were the last team going yesterday. The Wake Forest Demon Deacons out. Maybe out. As bad as, as get them out. That is a week as you. They got. They yeah. lo- we even mentioned they lost to Notre Dame on the road on Tuesday, and then they get not smoked, but Virginia Tech controlled the game from start to finish against Wake Forest. Just get them out. They, yeah. they're the definition of you get that first day with the girl you've had a crush on, <laughs> and then just. What, what do I do now? No, having a drink beforehand, they'd be a little too tipsy before, <laughs> and you just don't speak English. Speak That's the Wake Forest. By the this way, week. please drink responsibly. Yeah, but please. Yeah. <laughs> That's crap. That, that, that hit a little too close to home for me, just for the for the record. That. But yeah, uh, they, any other bubblicious teams? I mean, I just want to mention A and M is just they they're not even close. Right? They're five spots out of it. That's what a crazy. Class, what a collapse from them. Is Ohio State in the conversation yet? I don't think you can. Like, Still can't put them in especially with the no, momentum like, going. Think, but my point is, you can't like rule them out like you did. I wouldn't. I mean, they have they have wins over Michigan State, Purdue, and I think Nebraska. They just uh-huh. beat. They're just collecting yeah. quad one wins right now. They're they're honestly they're the Big Ten version of Arkansas. Is they have a ton of talent, yeah. and now they're finally figuring out. Oh crap, we're actually a pretty decent team when we play well together. And don't forget, for people that don't watch, they won at Michigan State without Jameson Battle. That's Why? right. They still beat. Them. They still won. Can Debert get the job? Which, by the way, we're going to mention that a little bit later about Jake Diebler. Michigan State's still safely in, but they are getting really, really close to to that. They need to pick it up. Um, I think they'll be okay, but yeah, they're they're going downhill real quick. January, February, Izzo. (laughs) (sighs) Shout out to our good pal Brady on that. That's that's one of his favorite things. All right. Yeah, um, today's actually Izzo 3rd, 2024, for people ah, to know. Yes, Mm. sorry. Dusty, I want to go to your storyline. You're talking about the Gonzaga Bulldogs. 
I want to preface this by saying if you want a team that maybe could make a run, like a first two wins, Gonzaga has made the Sweet 16 each of the last eight years. Crazy. So the thing of Gonzaga, and I like to give my opinions on how I feel about teams, I've never liked Gonzaga. Um, when I was a child and a big Florida fan, they hit the, um, the great call. The runner! Oh, yeah. To beat Florida in the... Uh, Sweet 16? Sweet 16, mm-hmm. correct. And I think they played UConn, actually, of all teams in the next round. Yeah, they lost. Um, I was crying at the top bunk of my bedroom at the time, and my dad came up and hugged me. Probably more just laughing at me because I was crying about a Florida loss. R- real quick, not to interrupt. Have we explained that you used to be a Florida fan? Do people know I think that? we talked about it one I point. I think we've mentioned it okay. before. Yes, yeah. yeah. grew up a diehard Florida fan. Um, had a, my MySpace, you mentioned earlier MySpace. Thanks, Tom. Um, was covered <laughs> in Florida stuff. And actually, when I played at Kentucky, it became an ordeal on the uh, – uh, on the internet about why is this uh, Florida fan playing for Kentucky? That's maybe that's, that's pretty a, funny. That'll be a story over the summer. Yes, I would love that. Because actually, I got addressed by our compliance department about it. <laughs> <laughs> and I ended they up have having, nothing else. I compliance lo- departments have nothing else. I really had to text my older brother and be like, "Hey, this is my password. Right? You should go delete my MySpace right now." That's funny. Yeah. So Gonzaga, a team I've never really liked, but respect the hell out of. So just to talk about them, so they lost to San Clara by one. On January 11th. Uh-huh. Since then, they're 13-1. Uh, their only loss is to St. Mary's. Mm-hmm. And since then, um, they dominated both San, San Francisco and St. Mary's last they night. They blew that, out the Gales last night. Yeah. 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 And, and Took it the San Francisco mm-hmm. game, that I think they won 86-68, I'm trying to think was the score. Mm-hmm. And that time as Get well, they, they won at Rupp against Kentucky. Nick, again, was at that game. Mm-hmm. Um, which, Kentucky just keeps showing how good they are. Yeah, they, yeah, they won at San Fran 86-68, and then yeah. last night at St. Mary's 70-57. to That's two of the top three teams in the West Coast Conference. They beat them by it, double digits on the road. And should we notice, San Francisco is a quad one win, yes, so they, they collected are. two this week. Yeah. And the thing about Gonzaga, too, is, I mean, you go back to uh, 19, when you come in 1998, maybe, or how long he, was So streak? he was an assistant on the staff during that time and then took over the head coaching job, I believe, like 2000, if I'm not mistaken. So you have a team that started off the year – uh, not being as good as they thought they were going to be. They're always talented. They're always good. They took, and now yeah, they're, and took now over in 99. He was a GA, uh, a 90-90, an assistant for nine years, then took over 99, yeah. And now you're getting together. You've won 13 to 14. The West Coast Conference Tournament starts this week. That's right. Two seed. This team is horrifying to watch. You've got uh, um, Graham, is it EK? Graham EK, EK yeah, is a Graham monster. EK and Ryan Nimbard are those two. I mean, I, I – we talk about how no one wants to see Kentucky all the time. I would not want to see Gonzaga. They, they're not a very deep team, which I no, think no, hurt not. them they're down not. the road. But my, fan, my, favorite staff from that, sure. my favorite staff from that St. Mary's game, they were 5 for 9 from 3 and still won by double digits. Well, if didn't see, St. Mary's just kept turning the ball over and Gonzaga just kept getting layups. 13 turnovers, yeah. But that's the thing that Gonzaga's been underrated for for the last 25 years is defensively, they're actually, I mean, they're not Houston, what yeah. they've been the last few they've years. They've always been they, a really solid defensive yeah. team, yeah. And they play very smart defensively. They, they guard the pick and roll very well. Um, they switch very well. If you watch the, I mean, I'm trying to get in like a film conversation right now, but mm-hmm. just watch them over like, the years. They, talk about they know how to defend. They switch well. They communicate well. Um, this would be a team that honestly, okay, we'll just go with Kentucky. I do not want to play them in the tournament. <laughs> if, if, Gonzaga, if Gonzaga shows up as, let's, I mean, if I'm a one seed, I don't want to see him in the second round. If they're an no. eight or a nine no. seed, like that would that would terrify me. I, I think Ken Clark just broke the record. 
Yeah, oh my she gosh, did. she actually broke the record. On, on like tech foul shots. <laughs> yeah, she did it on foul shots? <laughs> How anticlimactic. <laughs> Alright, well, congratulations. Woo! Yeah! yeah! Clark. Woo! <laughs> Future member of the Indiana Fever, Caitlin Clark, congratulations. Yeah, I feel like we're like storm watching. We're not really sure what just happened. I thought the game went to halftime. Did she it come did. back it out? It did, and she got interviewed, too. <laughs> this is made a call. I'm like, so hey, confused. We need her to break this in the first half, so you can just let her go back so out there. La- get la- you some free Real quick, last thing on Gonzaga, what I would say is a perfect example would be the Kentucky game when they realized they could just run the same dang play the entire time and Kentucky yeah. didn't know how to guard no, That's the point I want to make them, too. No, so she she's officially so she officially broke it. So okay. they they their women's basketball account on Twitter posted the greatest of all time, all time leading score. So it's 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 her. Yeah, that's the two points to make about Gonzaga. One, Mark Few can out coach anyone. I mean, again, he put Calipari he in a, a blender. He's a great four, coach. Three weeks ago, and secondarily, this is probably the least pressure they've had on them in a while. They've yeah. had a. You know, Drew Timmy or Chet Holmgren or Jill and Suggs. This is the first time like there's gonna be no pressure on them going this tournament. And that's that's what would scare me a ton about Gonzaga. Um, I, I'm curious where they're gonna fall in the seeding range because they literally could be anywhere from like six to eleven. You can make a conversation anywhere in that range. I think I think, I think, the, I think they can get the eight nine game. I think this is I think so too. Because again, they were ten seed going to yesterday, and that should only. I think so. If they win the West Coast Conference tournament, which. It's trending that way that they're looking pretty good. They'd have to beat San Francisco again and St. Mary's probably. Probably up to a six, maybe even a five, I think. The because they've got the – well, I mean, so so they'll have a, a road win against Kentucky. They will have wins – so two wins over St. Mary's, two wins over San Francisco. Both away from home. Both away from home. Like, that's, that's like a six, seven seed, I feel like. Maybe even a five. Their problem, too, is they have lost a like, – <laughs> They have problems. Pro- what would you show? I was asking permission from our uh, our <laughs> captain if I could remind Mark a few to drink responsibly. <laughs> no, we tried. There was a uh, DUI chant to Kentucky game, which is yeah. I, I didn't know that. They got shut down which, pretty quickly. So don't like I, don't chant that at any players. Like, mm-hmm. keep, but coaches, fair game. Do whatever you want. One hundred percent agree. Especially the video is uh, humorous. It, had, it is. Quite he had two nice. massive dogs with him in the back seat, which is a weird <laughs> thing to do when you're when you're uh, doing got that. that dog. <laughs> Puts him in the back seat. Treat responsibly, as always. So I, I'm with you. Gonzaga is a team that I, I would not want to see in the tournament, and especially with how well they're. He had a few too many. <laughs> Oh my gosh. He's a Bill Sil- Bill. I can't even talk. <laughs> Move on, Robbie. Okay. <laughs> We're continuing on. All right. I'm going to get really deep into the weeds here, but one of the big topics that's been popping up lately is the fact that is the Big 12 the best conference in college basketball? And there has been a ton of talk about how may, they may or may not have kind of manipulated the data and the numbers. And the reason why this kind of became at the forefront is from Clemson head coach Brad Brownell, who had an interview um, on The Roar, which is a radio station in Clemson, South Carolina, which I the love Roar. the fact it's called The it's Roar. It's a great name. Um, Brownell had a really – he had a really interesting interview with those guys on there. We're gonna, I want to play that for you right now and kind of let you listen. He kind of calls out a couple teams, and I want to talk about a few of those teams uh, that he shouts out in this interview. You can manipulate the net, and whether people want to say the net is the be-all, end-all – it's all anybody talks about. And so that, that's why it is so powerful. And there's a strength of schedule dynamic where the Big 12 has managed it with their scheduling. Their, their non-conference scheduling, they're playing 
300 level teams and winning by 40 and 50 points to increase their offensive and defensive efficiency numbers, which is a big part of the net tool. And so that's why you see teams trying to win at the end of games by 30 and 40 points instead of putting in their your walk-ons. They're playing eight non-conference games, seven non-conference games against low-level teams and increasing their net. And then when they all get into the league, their totals are higher, their net rankings are higher, and so their teams are perceived to be a little better than they are. We played TCU, beat TCU. TCU's doing well in the Big 12. And I remember preparing for the TCU game and telling my staff, who have they played? They haven't played anybody, right? I get every game's Abilene Christian and Houston Baptist, and Cincinnati is a great example. They just lost the other day. A couple, they had a bad week last week and lost two games. They've been in the field for a while now, and they really haven't beaten anybody. Their non-conference schedule is awful. TCU, awful. Iowa State, awful. So those guys have figured it out. Our league hasn't. They also only play 18 league games so that they can do that while we're playing 20. And it's funny, Mickey, like it's it's not funny because I really think it kept us out of the tournament last year. And that's that's not right. Thoughts? So first of all, I'd love to have a beer with him. Um, yes, yeah. definitely. This yeah. is the equivalent to why people were complaining about the BCS when it first came out. Ooh. Is it was all about, because remember at first they had um, margin of victory was right. the formula mm-hmm. in that. And then they took that away because teams were like, okay, well, when we'll just say um, Alabama was always these. When Alabama beats Western Kentucky by, you know, 77 to 3, that should not equate into the formula. So I, I I'm agree. actually on page with him on that because I was going to say, too. I thought about it, and maybe we can dive into this in the summer when I can learn more, because I'm not that educated, honestly, about the whole quad system. Mm-hmm. But these dynamics that we bring in and all these analytical formulas, I feel like are very made up, and the people who create them could manipulate them to who they think it could benefit. Yeah, and I think the Big 12 has found a way to do it. Now, Joe Lenardi of ESPN says that manipulating the numbers went away with losing the RPI. And he, he's right to some extent. But I, I went deep into the numbers here on, on those teams that basically Brown Brunell shot, uh, basically threw under the bus here. On Iowa State, their non-conference strength of schedule is, halt, is 351. BYU's non-conference strength of schedule, 317. TCU's non-conference strength of schedule, 354. Texas Tech, 271. Oklahoma, 324. Texas, 386. Cincinnati, they have wins over Illinois, Chicago, Detroit, Eastern Washington, Northern Kentucky, Howard, Florida Gulf Coast, Bryant, Merrimack, Stetson, Evansville. Hey, watch yourself. Uh, FAU lost to Florida Gulf Coast and Bryant. Okay, so (laughs) those are not easy games, okay? No, of course not. (laughs) So these numbers... He's not wrong. And there's five Big 12 teams in the top 17 of the net. Take away Kansas and Baylor and Houston. Those three teams have challenged themselves and played some decent teams out of conference. But Iowa State, BYU, TCU, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Texas, Kansas State, Cincinnati, all of those teams have all played abysmal non-conference schedules. And just to throw more more heat into this conversation – the Big 12 went 98-4 in quad four games this non-conference season. And you're like, oh, that's pretty good. That's 24 more quad four games than any other conference in the country. That's crazy. Can you believe that? That is really crazy. And that's where, again, I need to learn more about what the quad system means. 
So basically, you know, I know flawed ones either like it's a top it's forty, top, top yeah. forty on the road, top twenty five on the road, top forty neutral, road, yeah. and top seventy five on the road. I mean, Some that, lines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Iowa State's Iowa State's best non conference wins are VCU and Iowa. That's it. Yeah, those non conference strength and schedule numbers. Even even Houston is not great. Oh, they didn't play much of anyone. No, but I mean, they played a couple decent Which I don't teams. hate to live in conferences. I get that. But, Maybe. I, but so because of how well these teams did playing against those lesser teams in the non-conference, now they're getting all these quad one wins against each other in the conference, and none of them are getting bad losses in the process. Yes, I've gone back and forth on this because I agree. They are clearly mani- they know what they're doing, right? They they're know, manipulating. They know exactly is, what they're doing. But and there's also part of me too is like, okay, I hear ACC coaches complain about. Oh, I watch ACC. Okay, to me, the Big Twelve is still one of two best conferences. I think both I can be true. I think they can be manipulating the numbers and also still be again one of the, one the, best, of, one of the best. Again, like Kansas. By the way, shout out to them. They schedule great in the non-conference. Yes, every year. they always do. So they're the one team holding up. And then because like the ACC, like I get like. Like Steve Forbes was complaining about the Wake Forbes coach, the Clemson coaches now. Like mm-hmm. I get like it's frustrating, but also too like the league is down and there's like to me at the end of the day, if you just win your basketball games and do your thing, the numbers really don't matter. Right. So I, like I don't know. Like to me it feels like okay, like we're whining about it. But also it is true, they are one hundred percent manipulating the numbers. It's it is somewhat sour grapes. But at the same time, if it's a problem, why don't you go do it then, too? So SUP was who brought this to attention, right? He yes. One big thing. His last words, the whole thing was, schedule accordingly. Yeah, you do it yourself then. So yeah. I don't disagree with anything that Brad Brownell's saying. But also, maybe we find a way to insert something into the net formula where you can't take advantage of this kind of a situation. Right, because the main thing is you can't. Oh, my god! They don't put a cap on efficiency numbers, right? right? That's the main. So maybe they put a cap on that. Maybe that helps a little bit. Yeah. Like you said, there's got to be a way to the, there, There's a way, and I hope they figure it out. I want to go back to Iowa State because... Again, this is a team that some people are concerned. I've had them in my Final Four. Yeah, and same. And the more that I jump, this is, and this is, I guess, how easy manipulative I am. The more I went into the numbers on Iowa State, the more I started to go back and watch them more. I was like, they, they really haven't beaten anyone outside of the Big 12. And they've lost to Virginia Tech and Texas A&M. They beat Lindenwood. They beat Lindenwood. You want to know the teams that they beat in the non-conference? Oh, Jake actually hasn't pulled up. Oh, yeah, yeah he does. Yeah. They've beaten Green Bay, Lindenwood, Idaho State, Grambling State, DePaul, Prairie View A&M, FAMU, Good Eastern Lord. Illinois, New Hampshire. Nine wins in quad four. Now, also, it is a college basketball thing where you do schedule somewhat easier teams in the non-conference to kind of build up your resume and start getting some confidence. But the Big 12 has taken this to a completely different level Compared to the other conferences, well, college too, basketball. Uh, usually, in general, the rule of thumb that I always knew was if you win 20 games, you think you're going to get into the tournament. Yeah. So if you go get 10 easy wins, that's going to do that. And obviously, coaches are trying to keep their jobs. Of course. So right. They have no problem saying, "Hey, yeah, I was at the 11 seed. I got and I lost in the first round, but I was there." You were like, there. What do you want to bring in? So that's I, I wanted to bring that to your attention, but I'm going to tell you right now. The Big 12 is not the best conference in college basketball. I think it's the SEC. And I believe it's the Southeastern Conference. Which is crazy. This is how far it's come. And I I will say, I don't know if the ACC is bad as people make it out to be. Now, it is not great, but it's not as bad as people make it out to be. And I I will say this right. There's usually, going into March Madness, there is one conference that usually just kind of comes out of nowhere and has like three or four teams make a run in the Sweet 16. And there's also a conference that maybe reaches heights that 
they weren't supposed to in the regular season and then just a complete dud in the tournament, keep an eye on the Big 12 being that big dud conference come March. I, I think they could definitely have that happen to them. Hopefully it's not the Mountain West this year. Like it's been I so many. It's not just the way I have the Mountain West update, and it is amazing. Oh, I can't wait. It is, it is lit. Right? All right, so those are our set and done storylines from the week in college basketball. We've got so many sidelines that we want to jump into. First off, I want to talk about my Big Ten champion, Purdue Boilermakers, to get going. So Purdue, winning Big Ten championship number 26. I want to start first. Robbie was there last night. And I was there. Boots I on the boot, ground. Boots on the ground for on that assignment. one. On assignment. On um, assignment. I got a good sound bite that I'm about to play here from Matt Painter. But real quick, do regular season conference championships matter? This is a great question. Go ahead, Craig. I think yes. Just e- bluntly. E- Yes, like you can like like if I want if Kentucky won a regular season title, it'd be nice to say it to Tennessee. But in the grand scheme of things, I, other than that, I don't think it matters too much. I think it depends what your goal is. Yes. Well, especially nowadays, the like the unbalanced schedule, right? It's not like complete round robin, like yeah. as like in the Big East, like SEC, you could get like an easier schedule than someone else. But so I think it's matter about it matters, but it's not like the end all be all. It matters, but it's not what you're judged on. Yeah, I think that's what it comes Beautiful. down to with college basketball, especially with Purdue. They are going to be judged completely on how they do in March, but getting to see firsthand that 26th Big Ten Championship and the fact that Coach Katie was in attendance, Zach Eady even came over, shook his hand, and gave him a piece of the net that they Aww. cut down at the end. That was so cool. Um, it, it just The entire night, the entire moment – was so much fun to see just the amount of passion and enthusiasm people have for this team, this program, this school. And we've mentioned it before, and Dusty mentioned it too, is if you're not enjoying watching your team play, now you may be having a bad season, but if you're, if you're like dreading going into watching a team or your favorite team play, like then, then why are you doing it? Like You should go in and have fun. Like I have loved... Even through the losses, even through me throwing a remote at the door, watching us lose by double digits in Nebraska. Yes, I did that, and I still am ashamed that I did that, and I apologize to my wife, and we moved on from it. I've been great ever since. But ever since, like ever since, I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna enjoy the ride. This is a once potentially a once in a lifetime run that Purdue is on, but they could continue to put this together with the kind of recruiting classes they have coming in. It's just been so much fun watching my team and my school continue to succeed at the highest level right now. We've talked about this run they've been on now for like six years. Truly, isn't they've been awesome. one the other than that one year when I think nineteen twenty the year yeah, it was the COVID year. Yeah, yeah. They, they've been two thousand twenty. That's what I said, COVID year. You yeah. guys said 1920. 1920. Yeah, like the 1920. Yeah, it just shout to the painter and what he's built over there. It's pretty. It's probably 26? Awesome. 26 Big Ten championships. That, now, they Kentucky haven't won it outright yet, but they've won a share. And even if you win a share, you uh, you can call yourself you it, champions. Yeah. yeah. So after the game last night with the win over Michigan State, Michigan State, I actually thought Michigan State played pretty well in the game. Uh, Purdue played okay, but Zach Eady had a monster game, 30 points, 10 rebounds, another double-double. And <laughs> Matt Painter was asked after the game about, you know, what does Zach Eady mean to this program and what does he mean to this team because he's going to be playing his final game at Mackey Arena coming up next, uh, next Sunday when they play Wisconsin. But he had a great response to that because he basically calls out the haters of what it means to have a superstar on your team which I forgot to unmute, and I'm going to unmute right now. So we here, apologize to again, here is Matt Painter talking about Zach Eady. You know, he's been big time for us. You know, there's no doubt about that. And people always say, like, you know, like, where would you guys be without Zach Eady? You're like, well, no shit. 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's a great player. But go look at people who won championships. You know, go look at Michigan State's national championship. Where would they be without Mateen Cleaves? Go look at their one before that with Magic Johnson. Like, where would they be without Magic Johnson? They wouldn't be there. Like, you know, that's what, you know, to win and to consistently win, you got to have great players. And you got to have guys that are cornerstone, pillar-type guys. And that's what Zach's been for us. And that's how you win. Like, you just don't have a bunch of average players. And, hey, we won back-to-back Big Ten championships. So I'm always a believer in that. I mean, it's just it's a player's game. And uh, give credit to your player. Yeah, take Patrick Mahomes off the Chiefs. What do you have? It's, it's, the, it's the dumbest, most idiotic argument in sports is, we'll take that guy off the team. What do you have? <laughs> well, obviously. Right? Duh. Is Zach Eady your favorite Purdue player ever? Ever? No, Robbie Hummel will always be my favorite Purdue player ever just because we got to beat him in super groups. And I was into his career when he tried uh, jumping over me when I was boxing out. <laughs> Yes. On Dusty, could you imagine his podcast without Robbie? We would. No, yeah, we'd be done. We'd be done. That's a great example, actually. <laughs> so I should win Player of the Year in the podcast. Y- you get my vote for Podcaster of the Year. <laughs> you get my vote. So I want to parlay that conversation into. So people were trying to start a new narrative, especially in the SEC and, the, and especially at Tennessee, that Dalton Connect should be National Player of the Year over Zach Eady. And the Tennessee fans that I see on Twitter, and again, this is how uneducated and how dumb they are. Yes. It's, he's just good because he's tall. <laughs> he's just good because he plays in the Big Ten. Eric Judge. <laughs> like, stupid arguments. Zach Eady is the best player in college basketball. Deal with it, Tennessee. And also, it sucks to suck, but you keep losing to Purdue. Doesn't matter what sport it is. First of all, Tennessee Purdue is such a perfect Outback Bowl. Yes, matchup. But, well, uh, it was Music City Bowl a couple years ago. That we game beat, was we beat awesome. Them. It was a great <laughs> game. But so there. And again, I, I I know some people who work at the University of Tennessee, and they're really good people. But the fact that they're even bringing this up as a discussion or a topic, you're just trying. You're grasping at straws. Dalton Connect has had a great season. But Zach Eady is the National Player of the Year. It's not even a conversation. Yeah, like, there's times you last year, two years ago in the NFL, like, Mahomes was the runaway NFL MVP, and everyone was like, what about Jalen Hurts? It's like, hey, great year. You finished in second. Congratulations. But, like, one person is the Player of the Year. It's because, like, it's, it's almost as we just become numb to one person winning it, and we want to go to try to find the next awesome story. Right. And I'll give... Dalton Connect has had an awesome season. Give me great season. Uh, he's averaging twenty point six per, points per game. He's averaging twenty four game in the SEC. So it's not like he put numbers in non conference, and it's but uh, I, like some some of the some of the, some of the reasonings behind it. Like, could Dalton Connect the three level score? <laughs> Duh! Yes, of course he is. Let's give it to the white. He had eleven. They, he had eleven <laughs> points. He had eleven points against point. Alabama. I, I want to say real quick again, uh, credit to Jake for pulling these numbers up. They average the same amount of assists. That's crazy. That's amazing. That is crazy. I don't think I knew Good that. Good call, crap. They do. Like, I, like again, literally, they're not, both 1.9. So this is, this is not me putting down Dalton Connect, because Dalton Connect is one of the best players in college basketball this year, no question. But the fact that they're even is a that they're trying to make a conversation that he should be in the running for National Player of the Year is stupid. I'm going to use the argument against the people now. People like, can you imagine Purdue without Zach Eady? If they're not very good. Can you imagine Tennessee without Dalton Connect? Yeah, they're they're still 
a viable to win the SEC. Like, yes. they, are, they have so many other guys that don't connect. Again, so like, it's, it's and that's valuable. why they beat Alabama was because of that. Yeah, literally. When they, when they win the rub this year, I mean, connect and have a good game. No. I'm trying to think out loud to myself, and I'll just say it to you guys, who is the best college, college basketball player? Again, Edie is not. He'll, he should be a solid pro. I, mean, I, I, I hope he will be. Yeah, he's, he's not going to be, you know, like what Yao Ming was or anything like that. I'm just mm-hmm. thinking of like a tall, big man that really dominated. He's not going to be Shaq. Who's the best college basketball player since him? Zion. Zion was pretty incredible. Try and think. Such a good. I mean, Anthony Davis comes to mind for sure. And that's 11 years ago. That, years that was ago one now. year though. Right. This and he, I wouldn't Kimba. even say Anthony Davis was dominant. Kemba. Kemba's a good one. Kemba's a Kimba's good one. Kemba's a good call. This is actually real. I mean, Jalen Brunson is good. But he's not like all time. No, I mean, no. I, so, sure. I mean, Dante DiVincenzo, that Final Four run where he just went off was that, crazy. That 2018 was. Noah team really is insane. They kind of get over the numbers were off the charts from that team. That's actually that, that's a great question. I want to I want to table that. We'll for, do that this summer. Yes, I want to table that for down the road because I think that's a great topic of conversation. Patrick Young. Um, others. <laughs> Other sidelines from the week in college basketball. Mississippi Valley State. You heard it on our intro. The Delta Devils get their first win, and they did indeed storm the court. By the way, shout out to their two student broadcaster announcers. They're freaking awesome, and their energy and enthusiasm is great. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to them, go back and listen to them. They do a great job. Uh, McNeese had to rally to win at Lamar. That got weird real quick. Um, UMass joining the MAC. Yeah. And how about Frank Martin taking that team to 20 wins? So, wow. Are we clapping for Frank Martin? Uh, both. UMass going to the MAC and so Frank Martin. Guys, so this is clearly like this shows where we're at now, right? Like it's all football motivated now because A10s of basketball. Yes. So like, because again, A10 the MAC they completely like A10s a way better basketball conference. So yeah, and I so. I think UMass I think of basketball. So it just shows. This is where the it does feel weird. It I, is honestly, like, I would have loved to see somehow UMass get into the Big East. I think that was like a logical ooh. fit, but obviously, I don't think they have the the talent and I guess the base. But to again, be able to make it's, that it's clearly they're, they're prioritizing football over basketball. Again, the yeah. Big East would be a basketball move, but no, they're they're thinking more about football right. going forward now. And I, I, the MAC is a good basketball yeah, it conference. Is. It's not the it's not the A ten obviously, right. but I think it, it's a good move. It's a good fit. Okay. I think they'll do well. Um, Ohio State coaching news. Greg McDermott probably staying at Creighton. Sounds like he's going to get an extension. I think that's a good fit and a good spot for him. There's some why. Right now, the guy to beat for the job at Ohio State is Sean Miller. There you go, Robbie. Your boy. Smiller, baby. I, 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 like, I hate it so much. I hate it. Because Sean Miller's teams are just No. Have you watched that Xavier team this year? No. They are hideously bad. And I know they're playing like eight freshmen right now, but like again, the drop off. They're barely a 500 team. Right. And with Sean Miller's pedigree of bringing in great players, holy crap, they're just not good. That's the guy you want to take over your program? Why didn't you just keep Chris Holtman then? And a lot of uh, failures in the NCAA tournament, just like yes. falling short all the time. I just, I, I do not understand that move at all. I think Dusty May makes more sense. Even Lamont Paris, heck, I mean, who's the Cincinnati coach again? I'm Wes Miller. Yeah, even Wes Miller makes more sense. I just I don't understand that at all. So I don't know why Ohio State's going that direction. I wanted to mention that. We talked a little bit about Tuesday night. If you have not gone back and watched some, uh, watch that Nevada Colorado State thriller, incredible game. We gloss over the fact that BYU won at the fog. Yeah, that's why like I, I threw this on here because sometimes I think. We, 
Sometimes you forget about like the middle of the week games. Tuesday night was awesome. Great games. PYU went into the fog and controlled the game. Uh, Com- uh, McCuller did not play in that game. He, yeah, McCuller played Saturday, did not play on Tuesday. And night. yeah, we've not really mentioned him yet. Yeah, like that's been a weird thing at Kansas. He's just kind of just not been with an injury for the record. Right. He's kind of off the court. So, I mean, I said like Hunter Dickinson's probably a lot of people's views the best player for Kansas. I think it's McCullough's their best player. He's he's their most valuable. They, most valuable they player. They badly. But yeah, great um, win for BYU. Went into the fog. And then, like you said, Nevada. By the way, this came in at 12.45. It was my birthday. Or at that time, it was more. I drink responsibly that, that night, but good. I, I was feeling pretty good watching this. And, <laughs> but Nevada, so the guy who hit the game winner is something Lucas. Get this, 91% free throw shooter. Misses both free throws. Colorado State goes down and ties it. I didn't realize I was the guy who missed the free throw. So wow. they get 91% and then drills what? I don't, know, I don't know what the footage is, but just a deep half-court, yeah, full-court shot to beat Colorado State. Just yeah. an awesome game. The Mount West always delivers. Tuesday night was awesome. It is the Mountain Best. It really it is. It literally is. Dusty, I want to throw it over to you for the Mountain West because I want to get an update on what's going oh on in that gosh. conference because so, it is amazing. I so love I, it. So I have three conference updates. We'll just do the Mountain West for now and then move on. Okay. The Mountain West right now, going to the last week, so every team has two games left. At 12-4, and four, you have Utah State and Boise State tied for first. Oh, my God. Danny tied. Sprinkle, Coach of the Year. Yes. And then technically, I guess, tied for third would be Nevada, San Diego State, and UNLV are all 11 to 5. So game back. UNLV made quite a push. They've, so they've won four straight. With a win over Creighton, too. Yes. Mind you. And they have San Diego State and Nevada this week. Oh, my so, gosh. So the running Rebels <laughs> may have their chance to be back. Um, wow. And New Mexico is two games out from there. So New Mexico is just kind of falling off. Yeah. I think I had them in my Final Four like two weeks ago. Um, so the Mountain West this week, I think I said this last week, ESPN Plus. Uh, oh, no, we have the Mountain West app that we've talked about. Right? Mountain West app, CBS Sports get, Network. Yeah, we, When get, Jake comes back in here, he can probably tell us more about it. Yeah, besides mm-hmm. when you're watching Atlantic Sun tournament starting tomorrow, get in on the last week of the Mountain West. It's going to be great. This, this conference is freaking amazing. It's so much fun. I, I love the Mountain West. I mean, legitimately, they are. It is the Mountain Best. They're so much fun. Uh, South Florida. Mm. How about the Bulls, baby? Bully Bull. They go into Charlotte and beat the 49ers by double digits. They, Who have been screwed since you called them yeah. or gave them credit. <laughs> well, now you're, they're playing you're, like the Charlotte Hornets. You're, uh, you're going to laugh at who my far from mid team is this By the week. way, if you're a pro sports fan and listen to this, you're, you're probably like, what? The Bulls went into Charlotte to beat the 49ers? <laughs> what sport are we listening to? What's going on? That's a great point. That's good. Good, call. good call. Hey, you get applause for that. Very nice. Um, but South Florida, prior to the season, never been ranked. Can you believe that? I, I mean, they're not a very old school, but still, I, I can't it's crazy. When I think of them, I think of football and I, I truly no basketball. I think of that Matt Grothy South Florida football team. That's all I think of. B.J. Daniels. B.J. Daniels on the team, too. I was thinking they're called South Florida, but they're not in South Florida. Right, they're in Tampa. Yeah. So it's not funny. technically South Florida. So funny. Yeah, fun way to do it. Um, Wisconsin, if you thought you could lose the number now... I mean, for, forget losing the number. Don't even write the number I've down. I've forgotten about them. Can you – like, they lose to IU and to Illinois, but – On top the, of everything Which I did, else. I did say last week IU was going to beat them. You did? I want to make that you clear, so that. I had two locks of the week. Does IU win without that fire alarm being pulled, though? No. That's <laughs> MVP to ever pull that fire alarm. In case you didn't know, it was like – how much was left? Like, about four or five minutes left in the game? Or was so, it, it was, it was late second okay, half. Okay, it was ish. late second half. The game was tied – and they kind of hit a lull in the game where everyone just started looking around and everyone started leaving the arena and they were told and announced that, hey, you have to leave because the fire alarm was pulled. 
And after that, IU just steamrolled Wisconsin and made that run and won that game. In Port IU, they took a lot of ricochet shots with the jokes, like, wow, they were actually hitting threes, so someone pulled a fire alarm. At last, IU's on fire. We, we, it took them until this moment. I have a fun game real quick off the top of your head. Who do you think pulled the fire alarm? Because I have an answer. Oh. Who pulled the fire alarm Bo at Ryan. IU? <laughs> Bo Ryan. I don't know. Good one. I said Derek Elston. <laughs> Um, I, I'm I'm gonna I want to say Brett Finkelmeyer. <laughs> Joe Steele was he at the game? Oh, was Joe, 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 Steel, Joe was yeah. at the game? Yeah, he Joe, was. Joe was at you. Yeah, he texted me. He said we're heading home, and I texted him back, and I said people are going back into Joe. Did crowd. you pull the fire alarm? Joe, we need to know. Joe, that's incredible. We did it, Joe. <laughs> if, if I shot, that would be incredible if he did. Uh, but we still, did it, Joe. Wisconsin, the fact that Wisconsin, again, is still just comfortably in the field. I know they have a good resume and good numbers, but they've been horrifically bad for the past, like, three, four weeks. Yeah, oftentimes you see teams, like, they get better throughout the season. So, like, oh, they're like what, what do we do with them? Like, should they actually be ranked well, higher? They're the anti-Gonzaga. They really right are. Now. And I was so high on them early in the year, and they just have just completely. I just want I want I want to pull up their numbers. By the way, shout out my Illini, Robbie. Great win for them. Big win. They're they're still in striking distance in the Big Ten. So tell me if this sounds like a team that is definitely in the field. Eighteen and eleven overall. Mm. They are ten and eight in the conference. They have a net of twenty three. But a down conference again. It is a down Big Ten. Three and seven in their last ten. They are. So they're 12 and 11 in quad two games. They have no bad losses, technically, but they've lost to Providence. They lost at Penn State. They lost to Nebraska. They lost at Michigan. They got boat raced at Rutgers by 22. And then they also lose to IU and obviously Illinois. Iowa's in there too. I, I lost at, at Iowa too. If Wisconsin. Those are good wins. Virgi- I know they beat Virginia, which that's not looking. Yeah, they, they beat Virginia. They beat SMU. They beat they beat Marquette. That's a good win. Yeah. They won at Michigan State. They beat Ohio State and Northwestern. They, they beat Michigan State twice, so that's good. But so if El- let's let's play this crazy scenario. If Wisconsin loses their last two games, it'll be to Rutgers at home, which would be a bad loss, and their last game is at Purdue, which I would say probably going to lose. So that would put them at eighteen and thirteen. Biased. Yes. So that would put them right around the 7-8 seed in the Big Ten tournament. And the 9 wow. seed would probably be like a Minnesota or an Iowa, somewhere around there. If somehow... If they lose their next three. If they lose their next three, should they start getting worried? Even to your point, even if they don't lose the Rutgers, like that's still 13 losses that would be going yeah. into the March. I mean, again, I think they were a 6 seed last time I checked. They're still and I can't believe in. they're a 6 seed. I, okay, well, so... Maybe on the eight nine line right now if they're lucky. I would say yeah. If they lose, I, I think there's not a chance they're out unless okay. If you lose no, to Rutgers so and then I don't know who's that Marquette win is doing a ton of heavy lifting. Yeah, especially for them. they kind of took it to them, right? Yeah, they yeah they lost by eleven. See, I guess you sweep. that game was kind of close, but yeah. Arizona blitzed them. Yeah, they so I'm trying to think. So I always like playing this game. So let's say they're a six seed. An 11 seed right now, maybe, maybe New Mexico. Uh, I got like Seton Hall, New Mexico. Oh, I'm, Hall. I, I'm picking I'm, New Mexico. Yes, it, that's my point. It, does, like, it doesn't matter who Wisconsin plays in the first round. I'm picking whoever plays against them. Yep. Simple as that. How about the Brown Bears, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, there are one, I was going to give an Ivy League update, okay. too. We'll, we'll mention them a little bit later then. Um, also, 
by by the grace of our heavenly God, Flip has returned from injury. Woo! Kyle Filipowski, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. My gosh, the guy was on his deathbed. Miracles. Miracles do happen. He returns and puts up a big game against Virginia. Congratulations, Flip. To show not how very injured he was at all, they played Louisville at home. They could have easily sat him and been like, yeah, he's actually still hurt. fine. Yeah, like, no, like milk the story a little bit. Yeah, they 100% could have just done that. They're like, no, he's actually so uninjured. He's just still going to play against Kenny Payne in the fighting I mean, card. The wonders of modern medicine. Yeah. Just it, like he came back from not being able to put any weight on right. his one leg. If and that now, happens to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, we don't see him rest of the season. He's done. Yeah, he, he may never play basketball again. This is all sarcasm, by the way. Just want you to know that. We're glad that Kyle Filipowski, I'm sorry. We're glad that Flip is okay. Flip is okay. And he's not hurt, but still. Duke like, is being back. John so Shire, hateable. Like, it's great, out, dude. Um, did you see a Texas, Texas Texter skirmish? I saw the game's a blowout. I turned it off. So Cunningham was like running after a loose ball towards the sideline, and he like basically like gave like a shoulder like hip check to the Texas Tech player, and then they start talking, and Cunningham gets ejected just on like that alone. But still, like great form tackle on the play, and obviously that comes from Texas, a team that could probably use a little bit of help with some form tackling with all the guys that are losing the <laughs> NFL draft. So anyway, that's um, shout out Xavier Worthy by the way. Yes. Four two nine, I think. I thought it was two or four two one. Sorry, yeah, insane, um, crazy right? number. Uh, Texas has been a massive disappointment yeah. this year. I think they had a ton of hype coming into the season. Max Aismith is still having a good season, but still. Hmm. I mean, it's you know, brought up a hostie earlier. If people don't know, like again, Chris Beard got fired of Texas last year. Ronnie Terry's the interim. They keep him. They hire him full time this year, and it's been so hasn't been great. So like again, for hostie fans who might want D blur, that's just. Just think about it. Just there's way more yeah. than just yeah. two months. You're gonna have to think that on. All right. So those are our sidelines from the week. Any others that I'm missing off the top of your head that you have written down? I just want to say yesterday was awesome. Saturday was great from great start. Day it was the first time me. I've not been in Lexington or, or All Star Weekend. Sat yeah. on my couch. Just great day. Houston, what a win. Jamal Shedd, mm-hmm. big shot making down the stretch at Oklahoma. That was big for them. We told player of the year candidates, Jamal Shedd's right in that conversation, too, I, with he should be. Yeah, he absolutely would be. Let's move on to our final four plus one. I'm just going to run through mine real quick because I hate mine and I don't like it, and I'm just going to continue on. I'm going to go UConn, Houston, North Carolina, South Florida. I'm putting South Florida in my yeah. final four. I'm all in on the Bulls. And then, obviously, I don't care. I'm still going to hoot, hoot with my plus one and just have them on the Butler theory. But... I'm getting concerned. Yesterday was scary, but they they they, they, Somehow pulled they, away. Pulled it out. they pulled out. win and move on. Yeah. So that's where I am for my final four. Nick. Obviously Illinois obviously Illinois is still gonna be here. I know you I keep saying I don't like them. The more I watch, I'm starting I'm starting to like the vibes now. Like just keep winning all of a sudden. So they're still any, in any team that has Coleman Hawkins on it. <laughs> Automatically becomes a team I dislike. And again, we don't have to get into it. Terrence Shannon's still playing basketball for them, so we're just going to get that. And you know what? Maybe there's a chance that a federal judge could rule that somehow Illinois can get a share of the Big Ten championship, luck, even if they finish luck. second. I think that'd be great. Be really good for Illinois. Houston's still in for me. Ding, ding, ding. New team's in. Yeah? The My Creighton Blue Jays. Oh, Creighton! Leaving the room. Dude, they just got, I mean, they got smoked at St. John's a couple of days ago or last week. But, I, dude, I just think Baylor Shireman's the man. He's awesome. They have enough talent. Went to the Elite Eight last year. I think the Blue Jays are really good. They smoked UConn last yeah, week. Yeah, they did. So I have them in. And then I believe I still have Kentucky because they couldn't guard the Millers. So I'm still going to have them in there. <laughs> and then uh, all year, FAU. Who toot? Who toot? Still got to follow with FAU. Dusty, your final four change at all? 
It did. I actually took Purdue out. Uh, I'm trying to get more creative with it, just uh, you know, how things. Taking Purdue off. It's, it's March Madness. You know, it's going to be crazy. So I have Tennessee, Gonzaga, Houston, and I should UConn. just mute you just for you saying that, by the way. <laughs> and Kentucky's my plus one. You have Gonzaga in. I do. Okay. Again, I think you have a team that, like I said, they've won, what, 13 or 14? Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Few, I know he's never won a national topic. Clearly an experienced veteran coach who knows how to coach in the tournament. What was the Sweet 16 stat? Like eight straight. Been to eight straight Sweet 16s. Eight straight Sweet 16s. Yeah. So he knows a coach in the tournament because it is a different environment, no different than any other mm-hmm. play, playoff format. Uh, I hope I'm wrong because, again, like I said earlier, I do not like Gonzaga. But yeah. Yeah. So, again, Tennessee, Gonzaga, Houston, UConn right now. Okay. And Houston's still definitely the best team in the country. I, I think Tennessee, Tennessee – so I, I don't know if I uh, – we'll get to this in our March Madness pod later, but I have a list of teams that I just do not trust come March – Tennessee's on that list, but I think they're slowly becoming a team with kind of the talent they have this year. Uh, that's my one saving, saving grace. Rick Barnes in March have not gone hand in hand. Man. It's, it's, it's kind of like Purdue. Purdue in March. Well, Rick say, for, March. for the record, sitting next to one of my best friends, I mean, Purdue is to me still the second best team in the country. I'm just trying to Thank get you. crazy this week. Thank you. You're, Especially as you're you, wearing you your, no, your Purdue shirt and your you're, Cloud Nine. Yep. On the Purdue hat, even you're no that. longer you're no longer on my list. Boiler so congratulations, up. Nick. I want to start with you for your far from mid team. Mm. You went conference this week, which yeah. I'm fascinated by your choice here. We're gonna talk about the fun belt this week with two teams. Woo! Fun Woo! belt, especially this this conference, kind of like you know SEC or Big Twelve. Mostly known for football. They it is, two, yes. They have two teams. I'm not going to do the whole conference. Just two teams at the top. And that's Appalachian State and James Madison. For people, and then Appalachian State, real quick, 26-5, in the conference. James Madison, 28-3, 15-3 in the conference. Both teams have notable wins this year. So you'll remember, I want to mention JMU. had a, They were ranked at one point yeah. this year, and they won at Michigan State. They had a ton of hype after that win. They were Indiana State to start off the year. They were kind of like, oh, this is the mid-major mm-hmm. teams. Yeah, that's why I want to bring them up. Again, they won at Michigan State. Appalachian State played the most random games of the country this year. <laughs> they hosted Auburn. Literally, they beat Auburn, They though. beat Auburn in Appalachian State. Again, Bruce Pearl just said, screw it. We're going to... We're going to Boone, North Carolina. We're visiting... Uh, who's the country's here? Luke Combs? Is that what's Appalachian State? Yeah, Luke Combs. We're, we're going to play yeah. some Luke Combs. We'll check them out. So, again, both teams with notable wins. I can't remember if I mentioned this. Appalachian State actually swept James Madison this year again. Really? Yeah. Wow. So, again, Appalachian State kind of took, kind of took the... You know, we're the best team in the conference away from James Madison. Third regular season's over, so we hopefully we get a one v two in the conference championship. I think we will, yeah. And just real quick for Appalachian State, they have eight guys that average seventeen minutes or more. So balance, we uh-huh. like balance. Love on the show. balance. I love the balance. On is there any? I, I don't think this is possible. But I want to put this out. Is there any chance the Sun Belt's a two bid league if App State wins the conference tournament? Don't think so. So, I, so James Madison could get to thirty wins, and they're not going to make the tournament. I would. I would want that to. Be, I just. I just not heard anything for James Madison again, despite having a win at Michigan State. I want to pull up their profile. And then real quick, James Madison just has two awesome players. Uh, Baker Staff, which I don't know if that's related to the Cavaliers coach Ooh, or not. Made, yeah, related to Burton. And then uh, Terrence, uh, I forgot to write down his first name. is something Edwards Jr. So other stud. So shout out the Fun Belt. They can play basketball, too. I, the Sun Belt's a pretty, is a solid basketball conference because Troy's a good team this year. Arkansas State's kind of always in the mix. Louisiana's had some good teams mm-hmm. in the past. Uh, Southern Miss has Shell, a really good guard. Shell Alfred Payton. Elford Payton, former mm-hmm. Louisiana Raging Cajun. That's right. So, I mean, we saw Georgia State win a tournament game a couple years ago um, with Ron Hunter falling off his stool. Are South you, Alabama, Marshall. Are you going to say their name? Who? What, who? Arkansas Little Rock. 
Are they still in that conference? See? That's why you're on that side of the table. They're not even in the Sun Belt. Well, they're not? You no, know, they're just, actually the Ohio Valley. They're tied for first. I was going to bring this up. You're muted for, for the next 30 seconds. You get a pardon the interruption mute. On that, see, or, uh, around the horn mute. You don't get to say anything. You can say things, but we can't hear you. Hello? Yeah, see? Exactly. Oh you are muted. You're not allowed to say anything. Um, I, so I wanted to bring up James Madison's profile. So again, they're 28 and 3, 52 and. Okay. <laughs> James Madison is 20 and 0 in quad four games. Hell yeah. <laughs> 20 and 4. All right, I took the mute button off. I enjoyed watching SNL last night with Sydney Sweeney. I'm sure it was great. I, I was locked in. Um, so, but I mean, if, if we're going to if, if we're going <laughs> to if we're going to put all those teams in from the Big Twelve in the tournament, why not put James Madison in? They have a non-conference strength of schedule of three thirty-eight. It's better than Texas. It sure is. <laughs> it absolutely is. Put James Madison in. They they beat a non-D one team one thirty to fifty-nine. Hey, you got you got beat the teams in front of you. It, you do. <laughs> I'd put them in. What the heck? So yeah, that's um, my fun belt update. Shout the fun belt. Very nice. Dusty, you're far from mid-team this week? My team, I'll get to last. My conference updates, oh, as yeah. everyone knows, we love this week. Conference tournaments begin this week for most of the smaller tournaments. Woo! So the, excited. So the first one was actually Arkansas Little Rock. The Ohio Valley had a three-way tie for first place. Ooh. So we just pulled up the bracket. Little Rock did get the number one seed, so they have a... a uh, two round by. You know they're not, they're called Little Rock, not Big Rock, right? Um, UT Martin got the two seed, <laughs> and Moorhead State, uh, who also was tied, got the no. three seed. And that is for those viewers who are close to us. That's in Evansville. Oh, Ford Center. That's yeah, actually so if, you, if you've never been there, a really yeah, nice arena. So, my first college points were in the Ford Center. Hey, nice. There we go, Jake. Hey, Jake, that. Producer Jake, Jake, shout Jake, that out. Shut up over there, okay? I'm trying to do a podcast. So if you're bored, you're this, muted again for 20 seconds. If you're bored this Wednesday through Saturday, head down to Evansville. Um, the Ivy League, so much fun. We'll get to Brown. <sighs> yes, Brown. I'm actually gonna start with. So what, no, I'll just do this. Princeton and Yale are tied tied for first at 11-2. Uh-huh. Every team has one game left. Okay. So we have the four teams. It's already clinched. So Brown Brown became the fourth Brown, team. Then. Brown's won five in a row. So they beat out. So that win over Harvard was yeah. huge. Then. So Harvard's two back of them. So wow. Yale is going to be the fourth seed no matter what. They do play Yale this week, so that could be interesting. Okay. Could have to replay them in Philadelphia. Columbia right. lost five straight. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, so, so, Lions. So Princeton Yale are both eleven two. Cornell's ten three. Brown is seven six. My boy. Uh, Keno Lilly Jr. is my vote for Ivy League Player of the Year. Mm. Fern Brown, we'll see if he gets that or not. Um, already did the Mountain West. And then my team is to look out for is the Atlantic Sun tournament starts tomorrow. Yeah. Eastern Kentucky is the one seed. Colonels, baby. They have lost two straight to Lipscomb and Austin P, who I believe are third, third and fourth in the conference, or second mm-hmm. and fourth in the conference. Leland Walker for Eastern Kentucky. Ooh. North Central kid. Yes. I was going to say, that name sounds familiar. Baller. Yeah, he played North Central, yeah. Baller. Ooh. Leading score for them. Watch out for them to win the Atlantic Sun tournament. I'll say get a 14 seed. Don't want to get a 3 seed playing them. Ooh, That's wow. my hot take right here. Get, get that get that hot take meter going. <laughs> Eastern Kentucky, second round team right now. Wow. Okay. Can, um, I just, can I apologize to Jake real quick? I'm a little on edge over here, Jake, because I'm sweating profusely in this turkey <laughs> outfit over here. Okay, so, so this is I, I'm you're sweating your, bullets over your here. Puni- this is your punishment. I know. I know. So we're sorry, gonna, Jake. We're going to get to locks of the week. Gobble, gobble. So I... I want to come clean about my far from mid picks. 
<laughs> so my last four, St. Mary's just lost to Gonzaga. Obviously, it was going to be Indiana State, and then they lost to Illinois State. <laughs> Charlotte and Chicago State that has not won since I shouted them out. I kid you not. Yesterday, uh, I started my prep for this week on, on around Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, I wrote down Dayton. <laughs> and then Dayton goes and loses at George Mason. And I mean, then I loses on Friday night. Oh, my gosh. I like it's. I think so. Basically, if you're, if you're a mid-major team, you do not want me to pick you as your as my far from mid. Team. You are not far from mid. I, you are mid. I am. I'm below mid right now. <laughs> I'm below average. So this week, I'm putting myself on punishment, and I'm not picking a team for far from mid because I don't want. I respect that. I don't That's want self-awareness right there. Exactly. I do not want to put that onus on a team to struggle and lose. Tennessee is so, your far from mid team this week. Well, I use my far from mid team every week. <laughs> Who's currently playing against Maryland right now? Oh, are they? Okay. Oh, two mid teams going. Oh, mid teams there. All right. So there's our far from mid teams. Again, I was going to shout out Dayton, but I didn't. But again, Dayton's a team that I think is going to be pretty frisky, pretty interesting um, come tournament. Time. Maryland's up eight by. Oh, there, there, on. there's the update about the game. Right there. there you go. Um, all right. Stats of the week. I have got a great one, but I want to first start with Nick because I think you have some stats on Bill Self. But I also have some stats as well that I found out to accompany your Bill Self stats. They may be the same ones that I mm-hmm. have. See, so yeah, these are not just grand. It's just I wanted to point out how great Bill Self has been yes. and how weird it is to see Kansas in the position they're in. So first of all, 21st season at Kansas, mm-hmm. he has lost 18 home games there. Okay, and now he's his, coached more seasons than he's lost home games. Which is crazy. So that's why, like, BYU going in and winning in the fog, like, there's a good chance BYU will never do that again. At least Probably while Bill not. Self is there. Like, yeah. How rare that is actually happens. So, again, we'll start off with that. And then the second one, for the first time in his career, Bill Self has coached a team with seven conference losses. I, yeah, and he yep. is 61 years old. That's crazy. This is the first that, that, seven, includes, that includes Illinois and Tulsa, too. And uh, Oral Roberts. And Oral Roberts, yeah. Don't make the joke, Nick. So, yeah, shout Bill Self. It is insane. how they, He is truly good every single week. He himself is a blue blood. So, it's so weird just seeing Kansas be in the position. Again, there's still a top 10, 15 team in the country. It just... They're just they just stack losses at this point. So I want to throw one more stat in there for you. Kansas has not lost seven conference games since 1989. <laughs> which seven, is year, or seven, seven or more, I should say. Which is the year after they won the national championship. That's so like, right. It's not like things were still doing. It was, going it was Roy then. Williams' first season. Crazy. Can you believe that? Again, I unreal. I barely remember Roy at. I don't remember him at Kansas. Kansas. I do just because he took that. He took it. Didn't he take a Kansas team to a national championship game? Yeah, oh, that's who lost to Carmelo, right? Well, and that's when oh, talk- that's right. Yeah, the Nick Collison and um, Kirk Heinrich team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that when he said afterwards that he would not leave as well. And then he left for yeah. North Carolina. And yeah. That's why, like, real quick, just not to go tangent, that's why, like, the blue blood discussion is always tough. And you're like, the true blue bloods are just never bad. Like, truly, no. every single year. Like, you might have to the occasional one-off year, but for the most part, yeah. that's what blue blood is. Every single year, you're a damn good team. And that's what Bill Self Well, And that's why I use on a blue blood. Exactly. Speaking of which, my stat of the week is in regards to recruiting in the Big Ten. And this is from uh, Coach Adrania on Twitter. He took a look at, to- at total stars per roster relative to their Ken Palm and Big Ten rankings. You're going to love this. Of the teams in the Big Ten, 
Indiana has the most recruiting stars, players, on their roster in the conference. They have 46 total stars. Michigan State's second at 44. Ohio State 39 is third. Minnesota has the least. They're at the bottom of 21. Just for reference, <coughs> Purdue has 33. I use Ken Palm ranking 105. <sighs> it's the second worst in the conference. And their Big Ten ranking is 12. 105 at Ken Palm. They have the most starred players in the entire conference on their roster, and they have almost the worst team. And it goes back to what we say, like, they, they just don't have identity. Again, they get all these stars, no. but they don't fit together at all. Now, just, just for comparison's sakes, okay, uh, the last six national champions, they obviously have some stars. North Carolina had 47, Villanova had 44, Virginia 41, Baylor 35, Kansas 44, UConn 42. IU has more stars on their team than five of this last six <laughs> national champions. Can you believe that? That's insane. And they're this bad. And How is that possible? In a down Big Ten year, too. Yes, a down Big Ten, and they're still this bad. Do you think he's back next year? Yes, I do. I think it. I think Mike Woodson's back. And those IU fans pushing the Ruth Pearl to IU because he coached at Southern Indiana, you guys can go take a hike. It's not happening. If you can get them, that's great. But Congratulations if you can, but it's good ooh, luck. No. So that's my stat of the week. Dusty? I have two. One really quick one, then one fun one. Ooh. Kentucky, Arkansas yesterday. The final was 111-102. Most points scored in an SEC regulation game since 1996. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Which is crazy. But the fun one is in honor of LeBron James cracking the 40,000-point mark last night. Congrats to him. Why aren't you clapping? I'm not clapping for him. It's 40,000 points. That's incredible. So I went He's back. on the floor for half of them. <laughs> so I did some research. <laughs> By the way, uh, MJ is the GOAT. Let's make that clear. Yes. There have been seven. Bob Cousy for me. Seven. Have a check. <laughs> there have been seven. I'm more of a George Mikan guy, but that's just me. Seven 100-point games in all of college basketball history, if you guys didn't know that. Oh, Wow. Two of them are from Jack Taylor at Grinnell College. You guys remember that's the school. It's a D three school. Oh, is that, that the guy just, that just like just they comes just up? They just let it rip. Yeah, let it absolutely. Wasn't the guy rip. that scored like 120 points in yeah. one game? Yeah. Okay. Hence why he's on the 100 point list, Robbie. 137. Jeez. But there's also two games by Clarence Francis, whose nickname was Bevo, which is also the name of Texas's mascot. <laughs> what, played, what year was this? He played at Rio Grande College. Hold on, I got it right here because I had to pull it up. That sounds like something that Coach Fox would call one of us in our freshman year. Bebo! Bebo! Clarence! Um, he played a real grind from 52 to 54. There he is. Bino, Bino, he was Bebo a Francis. Third round, yeah, third round pick by the Warriors, the Philadelphia Warriors wow. at the time. Uh, but yeah, baller. So Bebo Francis. Born on two. his family's farm in Hammondsville, Ohio. So also 200-point games. Wow. That's incredible. So shout out Bebo. Shout out Bebo. R.I.P. I, I, 2015. Can't, I can't look away from his Wikipedia. This is amazing. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> how do you not set the record before Maravich? Jack, Jack Taylor scored that 138 points was against Faith Baptist Bible. <laughs> like the actual Bible itself. <laughs> they they played a Bible? No wonder he scored 130 <laughs> points. AI, baby. AI. Jeez. <laughs> Incredible. So Great like, stat. Thank you. Thank you. Very nice. So there's your stats of the week. Uh, what to watch for? We've got so much to look forward to. Your first conference tournament. Well, I was going to say, first of all, let's just start again. 
Conference tournaments start tomorrow. They like, start this is so Monday. Much this, fun. It's our favorite time every of the year. Every team that's playing this week has a chance to win the national title. <laughs> yeah, no questions asked. Always no, make that clear. Every one of them, except those, win out. except those dumb teams in the Ivy, unfortunately. Um, I just call it really, really smart schools dumb. Yes, I know. I, I agree with you, that. Thank you. Screw Yale. So Go Atlantic Brown. Sun starts tomorrow night, Monday night. That's your first conference tournament. And then also a couple other tasty matchups, too. Duke at NC State mm. could be interesting. Texas at Baylor. Um, I don't know what the spread is in that Houston Christian McNeese game, Ooh. but McNeese hosts Houston Christian. Remember they blew up that spread that Dusty had a couple weeks ago? I cannot. I don't know what that's going to be for that game. Uh, Tuesday games: Patriot League, Sun Belt, Horizon, All Start. Purdue plays at Illinois two, Tuesday, seven p.m. on Peacock. Big week for your Boilers. Bad, massive week. I, I I hope we go in and win, but I think Illinois is going to win that game. If you're just going off of my opinion, uh, Alabama plays at Florida coming up on Tuesday. Kansas State at Kansas. Auburn goes to Missouri. There's no way Missouri finishes winless in the SEC, right? I keep thinking they're going to win one. And even last night, I got boat raced by Ole Miss. I last cannot night. wait to be at the SEC tournament and watch them on Wednesday night. And M-I-Z-Z-O-U. Gosh, I miss that so much. Um, <laughs> we go Mountain West after dark on Tuesday night, as Dusty mentioned. San Diego State's at UNLV. Nevada's at Boise State. That's a great sleep. Good games. <laughs> Wednesday, we go Northeast quarterfinals. Ohio Valley starts on Wednesday along with the Big South. Houston goes to UCF. UCF is a scary place. Iowa State almost lost there on on Saturday. Uh, Tennessee South Carolina is a big one, 7 p.m. ESPN2. If Butler wins any chance of making the tournament, they've got to win at home against Xavier coming up Wednesday night. BYU goes to Iowa State. FAU's at North Texas, the super pit. You gotta win that one if you're the Owls, because slowly but surely you're creeping a little bit closer towards the bubble. Uh-huh. Uh, UConn goes to Marquette. Whoa, that's an 8:30 p.m. game on Wednesday on FS1. Kentucky may score 200 on Vandy coming up on Wednesday. We don't know. Uh, Thursday, Patriot quarterfinals. We got the A Sun semis. Arch Madness starts on yeah. Thursday. One of my favorite conference tournaments. That's the Missouri Valley. West Coast Conference starts on Thursday as well. Um, other games to keep an eye on there. Rutgers goes to Wisconsin. Again, if Wisconsin loses to Wis- uh, to Rutgers, Lord. Um, big games in the Big West. Santa Barbara plays Long Beach. UC Davis against UC San Diego. Two big ones. Friday, we start with the Coastal Conference. Coastal Athletic Conference, SoCon Summit, first-round games. VCU goes to Dayton. And what could decide the Mountain West Conference Championship, Boise State's at San Diego State's on Friday. Ooh. One you missed. Uh, this is massive for the bubble. Uh, Villanova takes on Seton Hall on Tuesday yes, night. They do. So the winner, I'm not going to say they're in, but I mean, they'll, be, it's, it's a big game for both teams. Yeah. I still think Seton Hall is going to be in regardless, but yeah. Um, Saturday's games are amazing. It's a blockbuster Saturday because you got Kentucky at Tennessee, 4 p.m. CBS. Kansas Houston plays that same time on ESPN. North Carolina Duke, 6 30 ESPN. And then the nightcap. Could be another one they may decide it. Utah State gets New Mexico yeah. at home, 8.30 p.m. on CBS Sports Network. Um, a lot of other big games that day, Iowa State, Kansas State, Oklahoma's at Texas. That's the last time those two teams may play while Big 12 members before they make the move to the SEC. Uh, Quinnipiac's at St. Peter's and Niagara's at Marist. All four of those teams are 10-6 and six or better in the MAC. And then Ivy Games, Cornell's at Columbia, Princeton at Penn. Got to have those if you're Princeton and Cornell. You can't afford to lose those for seating purposes. And then next Sunday, 
We're going to have our first tickets punched in the Big South, Mountain, uh, Missouri Valley, and the Atlantic Sun, and then Wisconsin-Purdue. We will pod after that one. That's a 12.30 p.m. Fox game next Sunday. So those are, I mean, it is uh, it's amazing. Great. Play. Another one for the bubble, Utah plays Oregon. If either team wins the Oregon. Pack, Oregon. We haven't talked anything about no. Oregon. And they're, Weren't they top 10 at one point? Yes. They had I think so. At one point. So that's another, like, the Pac-12 if, if Arizona it, wants any chance, the Pac, they need more teams in the Pac-12 to make this, a run. Can they get either Colorado, Utah, Oregon to win? That's I really think Colorado. I don't think is going to make it in. I'll surprise I think, you, I think Oregon's watch? probably in. Utah is is firmly on the bubble. I was surprised. I was doing my notes. Colorado's the second team out going to yesterday, so they still have a decent chance according to the Matrix. Yeah. Colorado. I know. By the way, they have what? a lottery pick. People don't. don't yes, Cody do. Williams. Yes, he's very good. Yeah. Um, so if you just want, I guess, watchable factor, if you just want a guy that's going to be really good in the tournament, that's going to be it. All right. <laughs> lock of the week time. I can see and Robbie's lock of the week, and it's a good one. It's I'm a great mad one. At, I'm, I'm, I'm mad I missed this. I'm, I'm excited for mine. But Nick, first off, <laughs> officially, Woo! officially his first lock comes through. Kentucky easily covering, and they went outright. So if you would have taken the points and money line, you would have won. And again, big. let's talk about a three and zero week for the. Pod. Yes, congratulations to us, huh? Great job, everyone. We did it. And if you take out a Knicks record, I mean, we'd be making a lot of money for people. Well, I mean, we are. I was thinking about you know, shut up, crap. <laughs> combined, isn't there, so? Isn't there like a law firm that's called We the People, or, or no, For the People? January six. No, no. <laughs> I try to go one pot without a reference to something political. Let's no, there, go there is, there is a stop it. <laughs> there is a law firm that basically their their domain name is for the people, and I feel like we should be challenging for that domain name with just Dusty and I's lock picks. You're you can do whatever you want over there, Turkey Boy, but over here we're making the people money. No, I want to say thank you to John Calipari, thank you to Reed Shepard, thank you for, to Sydney Sweeney. You guys all made my week a lot better. This is. This I'm actually disappointed that Kentucky won. Not only because I want to see Mississippi State win, because those are my boys in Starkville, mm-hmm. but also we don't get to have you in a turkey costume at the Horizon League tournament. Which again, I am sweating everywhere, Good. and I mean Good. everywhere. This I'm so glad I have to Why wear do this. You, have to, you just oh my god. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. All right, we're so gonna replace because, here, Dusty. He's single because <laughs> because it is your first win. I'm gonna give you the honors of starting with. Your lock of the week, Nicholas Mills. The Orange Crush, Illinois. This is such a game for them on Tuesday night. <laughs> Where's the mute button? No, hey, hey, Tony Rale. Mute. You're not. You're not. No, no. You you don't get to. You don't get to say that. Check, testing. Nope, it's not working. Testing. Nope. Illinois. Do you want to change your lock? Play the noise. I think you hit the wrong button. All right, so you're going Illinois over Purdue as your lock. It's not even, it just seems like this is Illinois Super Bowl. They're going to come out f- yeah. full front, home game. This just seems like kind of games Illinois just Purdue's set in regular season title, one seed. Illinois yeah. just comes out and wins. I, I, I'm on record. I think Illinois will win the game. So I, I, I'm with you there. I'm curious what the spread's going to be. I, I think it's going to hop around. Jake, can, you, can you look at the Kim Palm line for this? I always forget to check this. If I had to guess, I would say two and a, minus two and a half, two and minus half three is, and a half yeah. for mm-hmm. Illinois. I think Illinois is going to be favored. I, I think I think they will be the team to to beat in this game. But I'm I'm curious 
Um, what what Ken yeah, Pop sure says. I'm not sure oh, to find the line. So, so Purdue's a 53% chance to win 85-84. So he has a Purdue, Purdue minus one then. Okay, Purdue minus one. I, and I think you can pretty safely say it's going to be an over. Whatever, yeah. the, whatever the over-under is, I think the over is going to hit. I think both offenses are kind of going to go off in that game. So Okay, Illinois over Purdue. Lock it in for Nick this week. He's on. A, he could go start a winning streak. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, start somewhere. You do. Mm-hmm. Could be in the at the bottom, but it's fine. All right, Dusty, your lock of the week. So I had to stick with the fact that I've talked about before how much I love the conference tournaments. Mm-hmm. Again, this will be my nineteenth SEC tournament. Um, thank you, thank you. I have to leave early, unfortunately, because my dumbass friend decided to get married that weekend in New York. Unreal. Um, I will Is be he listening to this, by the way? No, he probably he probably doesn't know he what basketball could, is. No, he doesn't watch college basketball. Evidently having a he, wedding although, in March. He, although he has been to the <laughs> SEC tournament, ironically. Um, Not for the SEC tournament, though, right? Have I met They're, him? Eddie Geary? I don't think I've met Eddie. I don't no. think you have. Okay. Um, he knows They're the driving back from Panama after a spring break, and they just stopped by because we were in Nashville. He may not be a basketball what? fan, but he knows a lot about rims, though, right? He does. He, he told Nick some stories that he shouldn't have heard when he was... We can just cap at that. Yeah. Um, so I'm sticking with... The conference tournaments and the Atlantic Sun. I uh-huh. believe the game's tomorrow. Yep. I have no idea what the line will be. I don't know anything about either of these teams. But I'm going to tell you Start right now. Start anyway. Florida Golf Coast is going to beat the hell out of the Queens. Oh! <laughs> so Florida Golf Coast, lock it in. Dunk City's back. Or was it Dunk City? Was there Dunk City, yes. Yeah. They're back. Queens. Get the hell out. Go back to England. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> Screw the Queen because I have to go in for that wedding. Sherry died. Yeah. By the way, you, do you know Florida? Join Art Bryles. Hey, um, I don't think Florida you, Gulf Coast. I don't think Lock. you knew this. Florida Gulf Coast, currently co- head coached by Pat Chambers, who was at Penn State, then got ceremon- unceremoniously basically fired for some things he was doing off the court. Florida Gulf Coast leading scorer is former Purdue Boilermaker Isaiah Thompson. What? Who hails from Zionsville, Indiana. A more fun Florida Gulf Coast story I can tell you is when they played Florida in the Sweet 16 as the 15th seed in 2000. 13. 13, thank 13, you. Yep. Robbie, that's when he was working in uh, as a sports anchor down in Mississippi, mm-hmm. and Nick and I convinced him to tweet out to his large population <laughs> during that game, I'm a woman trapped in a man's body. <laughs> I sure did say that. <laughs> I haven't been able to find that tweet. I actually think I made it to read it. Yeah, had to Somewhere in my phone, i got to find it. Pro- professionally, just for myself, I had to. So, All right. Let's go Florida Gulf Coast Eagles over Queens. By the way, do you know what Queens is nicknamed? Queens University nickname is they're not the, they're not the, the Kings. They're not the Kings. They're not the Queens. They're the Royals. <laughs> I I almost guessed that. Clever, so right? I like that. Same flow. Doesn't flow though. Queens Royals. I think it sounds good. Okay. My lock of the week. She gone. My lock of the week. I'm going a little off the board, but I'm going to the ACC. And Kenny, you've been through a lot. But this week, I want to give you the honor of being my lock of the week. Hammer Louisville at home against Virginia Tech. Wow. Because the Hokies are 1-9 against the spread on the road this year. How awful is that? And Virginia Tech, they're feeling high, feeling good about beating Wake Forest at home. Uh, they trailed in that game by 15 in the first half, and they ended up winning by six by like double digits. Louisville played well at home on Saturday against Syracuse, hung around, almost beat the Orange. So whatever the spread is going to be, Tuesday, 7 p.m., ESPNU. Let's go, Cards. Let's get it done, and let's keep the perfect record rolling. I guess, Crab, we need root for Louisville. If he can just get enough wins, maybe they'll bring him back. 
That's what we need. Or do you, do you want him fired so you can bring him back to Kentucky, though? He, with the destruction he's doing, predicament you're the, in the destruction he's doing at Louisville is unmatched. I unfortunately can tell you yesterday, and no crowd, I'm not making this up. I had to babysit my brother-in-law. That's always a great line to make. Uh, I was watching Kentucky on my phone, and <laughs> it is <laughs> true, though. Um, but when Kentucky won, I tried to high-five him, and he said, no, I root for Louisville. So. Wow. Wait, who did that? Oh, you're Hayden. He, that, that checks out. He's also a loser. Does he listen to the pod? Uh, probably. He's pretty smart. Okay, so well. I take that back. Hayden. Sorry. Sorry, Hayden. You're not a loser. You're a good kid. But Kenny Payne and Louisville are losers. Well, they've been losing a lot. Mm-hmm. It's not been a We'll get to them in the funnies later. Ooh, I can't wait. <laughs> All right. So there's your locks of the week. Feeling good about those. Um, again, we've been making you some money, but also if you lose money, it's not our faults. But if we make you money, it is it is our it, we're the reason why you did. You, you can lead a drink, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink it. We can't. We can just tell you our picks, but it doesn't mean they'll win. Very well put. I think so. Thank you. That turkey. checks out. Thank you, Turkey. Well, unless you take Robbie's in mind, I mean. Right. Yeah. There, I mean, there there has been a push from the people to fade Nick. <laughs> yeah. This so, should be. <laughs> just letting you know, it's been put out there. But yeah. Anyway, um, so. I don't think I can. I don't think I can fit in that turkey costume. By the way, Peyton Manning threw twenty-eight picks this rookie year, and he got better. I, this is Dallas Manning Peyton Manning rookie oh, year. Oh, so you're you're you started low. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're okay. This is where we get hot. So I'm one and zero my last one. You are basically Louisville. You had no expectations going into okay. the season, and now okay. look where you are. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> move, let's move on. All right, viewer question time. As always, make sure you shoot us your questions on Gmail on our Gmail. Well, email address, it's d1anddonepod at gmail.com or through our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We have two questions this week, one of which coming from my brother-in-law, Corey O'Cole. Corey, thank you. We appreciate you sending this one in. Do you have to babysit him, too? No, I don't. Okay. No, he, he has, it's the other way around. He babysits me. Uh, considering today's current average NBA career length, NIL deals, and influx of overseas, will we ever see college basketball return to an era where one and done is no longer the norm and fans get to watch their players for three to four years? again how's that for a question huh i don't really think so i think the one and done thing is well what could ruin the one and done is if the uh, what's the d league or g league team oh g league ignite. ignite they're thinking about getting yeah, rid of that they aren't they just announced that they're pulling back on the restrictions and stuff like really? exactly how it's gonna work okay. oh, i didn't do my research at all apparently i was just too busy okay. reaching clarence bevo francis <laughs> <100 point laughs> bevo! um bevo! um I, I don't see the one and done ever really going away because you're just going to no. as long as the, that will be if the NBA changes the rule on that aspect right. too. Yeah, you you can come straight off high school once again, which I do not think will happen because there's been too many. To me, you should be able to whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. it's capitalism. Go find out if you're talented enough to go make money. Good for you. Go do it. If you fail, you fail. But you made a ton of money. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if NIL will have it as much as an impact. Uh, I think Caitlin Clark's a perfect example that we talked about earlier where. Even the NIL money, if you really have these great endorsements, can turn to endorsement money. And as I say that out loud, at the same time, I guess, if the boosters are going to sit there and be like, well, I'm not going to pay you to go play for the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. Um, I just I, I don't see one and done ever going away. I think it's just the trend now, and it's going to be going forward as the same. Um, and the people that are going to be talented and make money are going to make money no matter where they're playing at. Agreed. Yep, I don't think the one done's ever going away. I will say with like the 
to the tier one guys will always be one of them. But the guys like Armando Baycotts, the the R.J. Davises, the, oh gosh, the Oscar yeah. Sheboys, like maybe those same, maybe those kind of guys will stay in school longer now instead of jumping to the NBA. So I think those kind of players will stick around longer. But yeah, like like Rob Dillingham's always gonna be a one and done. Right, right. Like, I don't think that's ever changing. Does North Carolina lead the country in most one and dones that stay past? <laughs> The time that they were supposed to. Marcus Page, uh, the, the guy, uh, Justin Bryce Jackson, Johnson, Justin Bryce Jackson, John, uh, Mar- the point guard Marcus Page. Marcus Page was on there too. You're right. They, yeah. hey, Harrison uh, Barnes. Harrison Barnes. Oh my gosh, yeah. You're right. They so do. many. I'm, I'm going to do research fast. on this. Yeah, that yeah. would be. That's one you should. What are your up. thoughts, Robbie? Uh, yeah, I think it's. There's always going to be the temptation of if you have that one really, really good year, even if you weren't meant to be a one-and-done, you're going to make that leap and you're going to make that jump. Kind of like Blake Wesley was one from Notre Dame who was obviously really good coming out of high school but not a guy that many considered to be a first-round potential player and then it turned out to be a first-round talent after he played one year at Notre Dame. So I think there will always be an opportunity for those one-and-dones. And unless they just put a rule in um, with the NCAA and – uh, the labor union with the NBA. I, I, yeah, I just I don't see that ever not happening. So, but again, Corey, great question. I, I think mm-hmm. um, w- one thing I do enjoy is the fact that um, you know I I support a university and a school that wants to build up young men <laughs> for their future and they want to stay longer than two to three years at a program. Um, so. <clears throat> I'm not trying to throw anyone else under the bus here on that front. We have seven NBA All Stars this year, Robbie. Yeah, that's that's, that's a pretty future. good future. We yeah. have a really good a, future. We have a rising star. <laughs> you do. How many rising stars did you have, huh? Zero. I don't think we did. You had zero. Woo! No one's rising. No. Nope. Nobody. <laughs> All right. Second question. Second and final question comes from our pal Mitch Miller. Once again, Mitch. Uh, Mitch is all in on these questions. I love this. Um, what do you think, off topic, what do you think is the hardest professional sport to become a pro at at the highest level? So highest level is a, a big... Basically professional uh, level. Right, because like MLB, baseball, there's a lot. Yeah. I think there's two obvious ones. Okay. Because a lot of these things that you have to be athletically gifted to begin with, the two hardest skill sports to me will always be baseball and golf. Baseball. M- Mitch said baseball and golf is his top two. I and Mitch played baseball. Yes. So, mm-hmm. I mean, understand how to hit a moving object that's coming at you, let's just throw out 95 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. You know, let's say even a curveball these days is like 91 miles an hour. No one knows how hard that is. Golf, I think that that's the president set that where I don't think people understand how Tiger Woods, what he did in golf, he is the greatest oh. dominant athlete greatest time, in yeah. any sport of all time. Yeah. Go if you guys haven't golfed, go golf, please. <laughs> this guy, no, no free ads, no. Yes, but yeah, baseball and golf are always the two that I say. Well, yeah, Maybe put, water polo because I'm not a good swimmer. Well, this question's always interesting. Like, what sports? Like, I thought you were gonna say Tour de France because you can't ride a bike. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, fun fact, I learned. In, uh, I know you did learn. I know you learned. Was, is this question? I, I, have, it's like, I have one that you didn't mention. No, go ahead. Tennis. How challenge like mentally like I mean, hitting a ball over a net? Obviously, you anyone can the, do that. That is what but mental like, one. But like mentally, it is so difficult to be a professional tennis player because you basically you you have to motivate yourself. Even though you're playing against your competition across from the net, you, like that's you have to challenge yourself to be able to Good win. Point. But Just, I, I agree with baseball and golf, but tennis definitely deserves to be in that conversation. I also play devil's advocate with these guys. Like it's always interesting. Like yeah, like hitting a ball or like golfing are like probably the hardest things to do. But like, but like again, you can be out of shape and play baseball and golf, right? Because like, yes. and then like yeah. basketball is 
probably the least amount of spots open of any professional. Like that's their thing. It's like it's yeah. in the that's NBA, there's that, less there's less opportunity. I mean, there's tw- so twelve times thirty. It's like three hundred sixty spots for yeah. these people in the world. Whereas baseball and golf, there's so much more. So like, I think it's right. But like, I do think there's like again, you could be fat and play baseball in, at the highest level. You, you mentioned that number of how many spots there are in the NBA. I remember when I was playing like second grade in like my on like my front driveway, and I was like, I hit like five shots in a row. And I was like. There's like a 300 spots in the NBA. I could definitely be one of those. <laughs> and I vividly remember as I had my boombox out there with me playing, you know, the Space Jam theme song. As I was doing that, I was like, oh, I can, I can make the NBA. I didn't get past junior year of high school. Confidence is key, Robbie. That it is. Very important. So there's your viewer questions. Once again, thank you to Corey and Mitch for sending those in. And if you want any viewer questions answered on the pod, make sure you email us, d1anddonepod at gmail.com, or hit us up on our Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Nicholas. It is time, my friend. It is time for Nick's Funnies of the Week. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Nick's Funnies. <laughs> I just did it on the spot. All right, some candidates real quick. First of all, we got Maction on the hardwood this week. Did you guys oh, see this play? Boy. <laughs> Western Michigan Ball State. I don't even know how to describe it. Basically, a full-court pass that just bounces to the rim for an easy game-winning layup for Western Michigan. We're going to post it on our social media pages. So Shout out, Maction. Yes. It delivers in every single sport. Every single yeah, year. Showing, I've There's another look. You have it. Uh, another one. Oh we already mentioned gosh. it. <laughs> Kyle Filipowski, the whole thing. He just played on Flip! Tonight. What, baby? Just, Flip! Thank you for all that, Duke. Another one. Tuesday night, Robbie sent this to us. The national anthem at the Dayton basketball oh game. Oh, my gosh. I don't know how to describe it to people. It, it, the person uh, took an alternate route on how to sing the national anthem. I think that's a fair <laughs> way of putting it. They, they tried to. Took a, an alternate route. I like the way you put they that. They zagged when everyone else zigged. So shout out to them. The other one, you mentioned the Texas Tech fiasco. The funniest thing in the world. Grant McCaskey, the head coach. Before you jump into that. I want to play the national anthem from that Dayton game. <laughs> this is eight-year-old Kinsley Murray. If you had the over on anthem length, I think you won. On, I think you won money on this. I think just, she did the Pacers. She did the Pacers Raptors game. game. Yes, yeah, she did the, the Pacers Raptors like, game. Just, just on? listen to this.
my girl can come to Tilly's me too. USA, USA. Again, eight-year-old Kinsley Murray singing that national anthem. Why don't we should have started the show with? That. We should have. We really should have. But anyway, oh my gosh. Last last funny of the week. From the Texas Tech Texas game, like you mentioned, a whole skirmish was Brock Cunningham <laughs> happens. They start throwing stuff on the court. So Hold Graham, on, I gotta, I gotta start the music again. I apologize. You're good. So they, they start throwing stuff on the court. Graham McCaskey gets on the mic to tell him to stop. Why he's doing it, it, it stops. As soon as he gets off the microphone, they start throwing it again. <laughs> like, like, like as a high school principal trying to calm down to the assembly. It yeah. was so good. And Kids, calm down. Like the mean girl scene. It was so they, good. It's just so, so perfect. It stopped, and then they just went right back to doing it. So shout out Texas Tech. They got demolished. And Did you see the Texas Tech kid that got hauled out by like six police officers? <laughs> yeah, that was the other thing. Oh, my God. Like he was like like the Unabomber. They yeah. got him out of there. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Jeez. All right, that's the funnies of the week. Nick's funnies of the week, boy, those <laughs> and never cease to amaze me. Uh, actually, one more. Kenny Payne has his second twenty loss. He has two to three twenty loss seasons in Louisville history officially. Congratulations, so, Kenny. There you go, Kenny. Great job. Really, really, really good for Kenny. All right, so there's Nick's funnies. We close it out on story time with Father Crab, Dusty. Do you have a story for us from your times playing college basketball? So uh, this one's not a college basketball story. Okay. Because um, there's a few that I want to share, but I want to take longer time, so those will be more of summer ones. Um, like three specific ones that I think are great stories. I actually told at a dinner last week mm. um, with some people work-wise. I was going to say more of a kind of a funny thing. So when I was in sixth grade, I decided to quit playing baseball. And my dad, who What was could have been? Mm. I got hit on my left hand on inside pitch, and I was afraid of inside pitches after that. You were a good baseball player. Uh, I appreciate that. Robbie and I worked teammates on the Marlins at one point, made a run out of the loser's bracket. Do you you remember when your dad yelled at me during one game? No, but I'd love to start with that. Okay. It's here. So my dad, my dad, who I'm very close to, I mean, can't be terrifying if you yes. piss him off. Brian Mills is one of my favorite humans on this earth. So I, I struck out on a on a strike three ball, looking it right down, <laughs> right down the middle, and I got so mad that I started crying and I almost started yelling at the umpire. And as I came back down, your dad sat me down. Robin, you do not yell at the umpire. <laughs> you don't do that. Get it together. As he probably yelled at the umpire like the next yes, pitch. Yes, he probably <laughs> did. But still, like, uh, that's, I will never, ever forget that. I love that. I don't, know, I don't know if Brian remembers that. By the way. I, He'll probably deny knowing missed, him, honestly. You sh- I should have added to the punishment. You should have gone full St. Joe's Hawk where you had to pull up the, the wings oh, every the single time, time during the show. <sighs> missed opportunity. Rats. <laughs> Rats. What a sh- what a That could be shame. the punishment it's for the, the conference tournament. Oh, it's gonna happen again. Nick's gonna lose. Three I, I was. I, I'm Are you on yes. this podcast over there? Can you can we pipe it down? <laughs> All right. Anyway, well, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to take away no, from fine. your story. So, love baseball. Actually, is my favorite sport. Um, I watch every single Houston Astros. He's game. wearing an Astros shirt. And I, yeah, you are wearing an Astros sweatshirt. They say I looked like I was going to spring training when I walked in here today. <laughs> Um, but so when I decided to quit baseball, my dad, we come from a baseball family, which is funny because we kind of changed it into a basketball family in a sense. But when I decided to quit baseball, I had a long talk with my dad and he was trying to tell me how, you know, at your height and you're not going to get taller. We come from family, short people. Basketball is not going to be a sport that you can play a long time. And, you know, for all means, right. he's correct. So he said, if you're going to quit baseball, I want you to make 10 goals for your basketball 
career and mm. print it out and give it to me. And so I printed it out and essentially what it was is it was everything from play on the A team in seventh and eighth grade, uh, start as a freshman for my freshman team, start uh, JV as a sophomore, play varsity as a junior and senior, uh, play division one basketball. Get um, kicked off the team. <laughs> Check. Check. Um, yeah. Call, call, kicked, oh, wait. Kicked off, off the team? Locked. Call, cause a scene. Um, one was make an NBA roster, and one was literally playing like Team USA. Like those were it, those were on your list. Yeah, these were all on my list. Really? So the funny part about the story is, remember, I just talked about playing A in seventh and eighth grade. Uh huh. The only thing on that list we can check off that happened was playing <laughs> visual basketball. Hey! The only one. That's great. I love that. So, like, shout you guys. You had aspirations being NBA. You talk about you thought you could make the NBA earlier. Yeah. Look I the, did. Look at the gusto on you two. We were younger, and I ended up covering NBA games. I, I didn't make it, but I covered them. Yeah. So I guess that kind of counts. At least one of us was, yeah. At least one of us was involved. Oh, in um, great story. I love that. I, Thank I, you. I, another one I had never heard before. That's that's amazing. Love that stuff. All right, that does it for episode five. Any last shout outs, news and notes? Sydney Sweeney. Is she's oh she's she's taken, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Well, if she's listening to this, obviously she she's heard from you. She she will be changing her mind. You just gotta keep keep shooting. Shoot or shoot. Shoot or shoot. That's not what you are. You would not want to, I would not call <laughs> you a gobble. shooter on the, yes, you were, you were the galloping gobbler today after your three straight lock losses. You still hot over there? I'm sweating profusely. Yeah. Okay. Everywhere. Should we turn it up? <laughs> Thank you. Shout out so to my wife who's playing her first round of golf hey, hey. without me. Well, I, no, 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 don't clap yet. Oh, why not? She sent me a picture during the podcast on hole five at Harper Trees that you guys all know, part three. Uh-huh. Stuck about 10 feet from the hole. Whoa, yeah. there we go, did, She did miss the birdie putt. But oh, duh, that's what talking about. Was there a divot, or did she just place it oh. there? Oh. I, I didn't get I, full I still, I trust her. I trust you, Haley. Um, and she'll be on the pod. Uh, First ladies of the pod in about a week and a half. Um, I want to shout out my wife, Kelly. Um, I got her a cheat. As I went to the Purdue-Michigan State game on Saturday night, um, I asked her, hey, would you want me to bring back you a shirt or something like that? And she's like, oh, yes, give me a Purdue shirt. So hey. I got her a Cradle of Astronauts Purdue shirt. That's it's a awesome. fantastic shirt. She loves it. So shout out to my Purdue, my Purdue-loving wife, Kelly. She may love Purdue more than me. Wow. Shout out, Kelly. I actually do want to give a shout. Uh, we're about to do the conference tournament pod. Uh-huh. I think this is going to be really fun. I want everyone to I'm listen excited. to it. We, we've actually been doing this. I don't know if we mentioned this. For a long time. I think close to years. years. Yeah. Longer. I would say... Maybe, Maybe 10 years, yeah. Like, yeah. We've been doing this for a long time. I think it's been really fun, so I, I want to give it a try. I hope so, too. So, yeah, if you're listening to this and you made it all the way through on this pod, thank you for listening. We're going to have our conference tournament picks special pod with producer Jake coming up on Monday. We're in recorder right now. But, again, thank you for listening. We appreciate you tuning in. Episode 5, that does it for the D1 and Done pod. And we will see you next time. And shout out once again, Bebo Francis. All right. Bebo Francis, baby. All right, baby. We'll see you next Sunday.